Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. All right, so now what has become a yearly tradition for us, we just did our off-season grades for this off-season, and now you can go out and find out how absolutely useless those grades will be a year from now because we're going to go back and look at the 2016 off-season as we did for 2015 around this time last year and make ourselves accountable. We're going to actually look at how well we did, how well our grades for last year have held up. We'll start as we did this year with the Western Conference first, though, I want to remind you that we're sponsored today by Lyft. Join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lyft.com slash capspace, that familiar URL today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. Lyft.com slash capspace, L-Y-F-T dot com. So let's start with the Dallas Mavericks from last year. Basically what they did was they let Chandler Parsons go. They did not offer him a max contract due to health concerns. We thought that they were probably going to take a step back there that seemed to work out pretty well for them yeah i mean that they look prescient on that and part of why they look prescient is probably some information that they had about his physical condition that we did not have so they still get credit for it because they they were right and then the other big things uh, they i wouldn't did, say that i think we i think we had a pretty damn good idea with parsons well, I, that i think that his he knees were worse at that point i think his knees were like the that it might have been more than a risk at that point like oh he just, you know what though we didn't know that he had a meniscus repair right. i think at that point i think we it, we thought it was a trim and he was like supposed to be back and working out and then it was a big surprise when he got into camp in memphis and was like oh yeah he had a mis- meniscus repair like he's like not really ready to start the season but just in general we knew he was a big risk. yeah that's fair and so then the other moves that that were important to me was they retained dirk they swapped zaza Pachulia for andrew bogut because of that trade that they did with the warriors they re-signed dwight powell and then one that was big and i think looks bigger now is that they signed Seth Curry and they not only got him on a one-year cheap deal it was a two-year cheap deal and they're really reaping those rewards right now yeah and Harrison Barnes to me looks better signing a max contract that's one of those ones where it's like all right you know they have the money he's a two-way player might as well get him they signed him to a restricted free agent offer sheet three plus one they probably actually wish that that were just a straight four-year deal at this point but he had multiple suitors at the max I mean let's not forget that how crazy it was at this time last year that's going to be a theme here as we go through but i think barnes actually has been okay on that contract and got a lot better average 20 a game wasn't inefficient got to to be a very solid iso score still a decent defender playing the four much more also let's not forget too that their ability to keep dirk's cap hold on the books so that they could then pay him 25 million this year was big because now this year they're able to get him for five million it's a lot easier to do that when you say hey dirk we paid you 
um only 25 million last year and also at the time that we did the grades we thought that Dirk had a non-guaranteed second year instead it was a team option we criticized them for not making a team option as it turned out it in fact was a team option and so that should have increased their grade as well we just didn't know that at the time I gave them a a C they also of course got Andrew Bogut in a trade from Golden State just taking him into their cap space that didn't work out he obviously was injured most of the year and they ended up buying him out but at least they didn't take on bad long-term money he expired they certainly could have just signed a center for 15 million a year for four years that probably wouldn't have been any good uh so that move I still think was good even though it didn't work out for last year they didn't hamstring themselves in the future I gave him a C originally I think I would upgrade that to a B maybe even a B plus in retrospect I gave them a B plus then I'm giving them an A minus now because I think that the Curry contract and the Barnes contract look better than I expected and then the really the the demerit is probably the Dwight Powell deal and that's bad but it's not her it's not terrible you know it's about 10 million a year for a guy who's more like a kind of a a like a low-end rotation player so you know that's I I don't don't want to give a team like that a straight A but pretty close to it well uh, the other thing too they got Dennis Smith this year who were very high on they lucked into that they actually I mean to be honest they were lucky that they started the year three and 14 or whatever it was just because they had so many injuries with Darren Williams Dirk at the start of the year that wasn't really their plan they got lucky here they should have been you know had like the 12th pick in the draft or something instead if those guys hadn't gotten injured at the start of the year and then they wouldn't have gotten Dennis Smith and then we wouldn't feel so good about them so there is that halo effect that wasn't really what they intended Hammonds obviously they ended up having to salary dump him he he was a, a bad pick with number 46 they gave him three guaranteed years some of these teams gave a lot of guaranteed money to guys in the second round and then the minimums went up in the new cpa so maybe they weren't anticipating that in any event though yeah i think i i would move them up uh into the b range after giving them a c this is one that you and i disagreed on quite a bit uh let's go on to the denver nuggets last year i noted that it was mostly what they did in the draft they kept the powder dry which worked out great for this year because then they were able to get paul Millsap. uh they didn't really sign any bad contracts uh, Darrell arthur who we thought was okay on a reasonable deal and that was reasonable by 2016 standards he's still probably overpaid at this point but we thought their draft was awesome we liked hernan gomez we loved jamal murray a lot uh malik beasley number 19 hasn't played at all but it had some moments in summer league this year they also traded Jeffrey Laverne uh, to OKC which of course uh should I think we did not know about because that didn't happen until August 30th um and then they just re-signed Mike Miller just as a as a savvy vet but just getting having a good draft not signing any major free agents that worked out really well for them and they're set up to be much better this year as a result so I think I gave them a B plus at the time I think you would have to move them up to probably either an A or A minus at this point I gave them an A then I'm giving them an A now I think Jamal Murray is the best player or at least really close to it that was drafted in his area I liked Wancho I I loved Wancho I still do Malik Beasley we'll have to see I, I I still want to see a little bit more from him the Arthur contract I think still looks pretty good and then Mike Miller was a solid veteran for them so really they got what they wanted out of it and that they didn't make any of the mistakes that they needed to was was pretty amazing because if they had hit basically any pitfalls then a lot of things that happened afterwards and also remember like trading Jokic for Plumlee in the first round pick that's not included because that wasn't an offseason move right and I guess also for some of these teams we need to remember too which won't be on the sheet necessarily that we need to uh include any rookie extensions that they may correct yeah i have those in for like okc and stuff for a couple of teams i have those in my notes all right we'll, we'll try to remember those i think uh 
one thing to remember though again they misjudged the market just as much like they were trying to sign Dwayne Wade as well I think they actually they may have actually even offered him more money than Chicago did and they would be just as screwed as Chicago is this year having to pay him 25 million or whatever it would have been and they would not then have been able to sign Paul Millsap this season so some of these teams just because guys didn't take their money but at least they waited wait out remember Wade didn't sign until like July 7th or something last year they waited him out and then just decided not to use their money that was a good move I will move on here to Golden State I wonder what their grade will be uh but first this from our friends at Lyft Lyft knows that their drivers are what keep them moving they do everything they can to ensure that drivers are happy on every trip Happy drivers mean happy passengers, and that's why 9 out of 10 Lyft rides get a perfect five-star rating. I have actually been a Lyft customer personally since 2013, and once I started with it, I've never had any reason to try another ride-sharing service because I happen to like it when my friends use another ride-sharing service. I generally don't like the drivers as much. Lyft has had tipping available in the app since the very beginning. They don't think that getting tips should depend on a passenger having a crumpled bill in their pocket. And they also offer express pay, lets you get paid almost instantly instead of weeks later. Driving for Lyft offers flexibility that most other things don't because if you have a couple of spare hours, you've got your car, you just turn it on and you start driving. So if you have an expense coming up, you want to get a new couch, you want to get your kids braces. If you're a senior even who's retired, I don't know how many seniors listen to this podcast but i assume that some do and want to make a little extra money do something have a a chance to drive people around i think it's really a great way to do that and then when you're done working you just turn it off so what do you get started with lyft and join the ride sharing company that believes in treating its people better go to lyft.com lyft.com slash cap space that is a url for this one for drivers it's a url for passengers it's the cap space code lyft.com slash cap space you can get a 500 dollars new driver bonus if you do that at lyft.com slash cap space limited time only terms apply Ah, good. Another chance for us to hear you repeat your mantra that you don't give A pluses. A, then, A now. (laughs) A plus, then, A plus now. The one thing that I potentially downgraded them on just the slightest bit, but that ended up not mattering at all, was I thought they should have actually signed McAdoo and Brandon Rush, who they had early bird rights on, so they could have some salary fodder to make trades. As it turned out, they didn't need to make any trades at all. The only transaction they really made during the season was acquiring Matt Barnes after Kevin Durant went down after that ill-fated dalliance with Jose Calderon. And then they drafted Patrick McCaw, which looks fantastic at 37, buying that pick. And then Damian Jones has had some moments. You see the athleticism there, but they also brought back JaVale McGee this year, so they probably won't even see him play much again this season. But yeah, at 30, a guy with his size, maybe he can start contributing. I don't think we have much to say. They won the championship. We said it was one of the greatest off seasons in the history of the league remember they not only did they get kevin durant but they also then got patrulia and david west for nothing to fill in around them and again remember how much money a david west or Zaza patrulia could have gotten last year in 2016 to get them to come for as cheap as they did was fantastic all right let's get to houston which was one of the, the grades that we really fucked up 
Yeah. And so I focused a lot on the duration of those contracts, and I still think that focus is fair, but the present value was way more than I expected. So at the time, I gave them a D primarily because of the, I thought they gave Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon way too much money for way too long. I was fine. I love the Nene contract. I, I didn't feel that way about Gordon. I thought that Gordon actually was an underrated guy. I thought that that actually wasn't I, so I was, bad because I he was, was so under worried about his injuries. Million. I was worried yeah. about his injuries. I thought that, you know, there was a chance that for because giving him four years like that, he just couldn't really come back. And I was wrong. He completely did. And then they also renegotiated and extended Harden. And that worked out fine for them. I mean, there is an interesting argument to be made that if they hadn't done that, they still would have given him the designated veteran contract and they might have saved themselves a little bit of money. But Leslie Alexander doesn't care. They kept Harden happy. Everything's good. So I gave them a D at the time. I moved it up to a B plus and you could make an argument, oh, that should be way higher. And part of the reason why I'm keeping it there is we saw what's happening with Ryan Anderson's contract already. The fact that they've been, you know, that they've been trying to move it. And in the course of this, he also wasn't as useful in the playoffs. So last year's value, A. But in terms of looking at how that offseason is going to move forward for them, I still think it's about a B plus. Yeah, I talked to some people in their organization and their thinking at the time was, look, like we got to just get back into the mix, right? Like we're, we're usually a free agent destination we have some ability to do stuff if we just suck we can't do that like if we're just the the eighth seed we have to get better this year and consider this too i mean yeah though we thought that anderson is still looking like a bad contract you know he's got three years left they're talking about needing two first round picks he at least contributes to two first round picks to move he at least contributes and and gordon was rightfully in consideration for six man did he actually win six man i think he did he did win it yeah yeah lou, lou williams unfairly his stock got tanked by going to houston and becoming a seventh man yeah it's uh and the harden renegotiation in extension he had had a down year the year before uh, part of why we didn't like those signings initially was we thought that maybe they wouldn't get much better and then harden would leave the renegotiation and extension prevented that and yeah they flamed out in the playoffs against the spurs but they had a, a really really nice year the mike d'antoni hire which we liked okay turned out to be great uh and we also thought like they won't stop anybody at all and that didn't turn out to be the case they actually were pretty close to league average defensively so we we had that part of it wrong as well and then of course because they were solid last year they're able to make that trade for chris paul paul wanted to go there as a free agent and was able to engineer that trade as a result and obviously if they don't do any of that stuff if they just kind of had kept the powder dry or maybe tried to sign really expensive one-year deals for guys that wouldn't have been as good this year as anderson and gordon they don't get to, to that point and even just the fact that they won the the 55 games last year even in the future you know we thought they're signing all these guys to win 46 games and no that was incorrect that they won 55 and then they and i thought that the gordon contract could be good anderson was the one that we really didn't like it seemed like such a departure from the fiscal responsibility that this organization had shown but they gambled and they won and uh you know i think you would have to go back to give it you know a b plus a minus uh and just uh, for the effects that it had on last year alone you would have to say a plus b plus maybe just because anderson remains a, a bad contract but that's when you sign a bad contract that's what you want you want to at least get that present value and so many teams did that and didn't get that at least houston did that's true and something else we didn't 
mention for the Warriors and is also applicable to the Rockets is the some of the guys they got to take discounts, then they ended up reaping additional rewards beyond what we expected by getting those guys to take discounts again. And so like Zaza Pachulia, David West, and Nene all returned to those teams after those one-year contracts on team-friendly deals again. Yeah, because they were they're out there. Getting Nene was huge. Uh, I think he was a, a big part of why they were able to improve defensively last season. The Clippers, we gave a C- to and i think that now looks a lot worse I and mean, we didn't like that they they had traded a first rounder remember for jeff green then because they were waiting out kevin durant they actually lost green a one-year 15 million dollar deal to orlando maybe that but they probably actually avoided signing him to a longer term deal that would have been bad uh we liked their end of the bench guys a lot ray felton most spades brandon bass who ended up not playing but spades and felton gave them quality backup minutes for the minimum the jamal crawford deal we didn't care for he was in a case where he had them over a barrel with full bird rights they had no way to replace him but that ended up being a three-year 42 million dollar deal with the last year three million guaranteed they had to trade him away to get Danilo Gallinari that was dead salary they had to give up a first rounder to get rid of him although at least because they had that salary to trade, they were able to do that Gallo transaction. But uh, still, I mean, that, that clearly was a bad contract almost immediately. Uh, what else was there? Well, so they signed Wes Johnson, which ended up being just, I, I don't know whether it was a super bad contract or whether it was just worse because Doc Rivers never played him. So you have kind of those things running together. Their draft was Bryce Johnson and Diamond Stone. Neither one of those guys made any impact. Diamond Stone's already cut somewhere else well, and uh, gone. Not only, not only that, right? So Johnson, yeah, no impact at 25. Oh, the then Michino they had, thing. They had, well, so first of all, they had the number 33 pick, Czech Diallo, who actually looked great in summer league this year. They traded that for 39 and 40. They then drafted David Michino just because he looked good at the Euro camp. He hasn't done anything in his career. He's been terrible. Didn't even come over for summer league this year. And then Diamond Stone, they've already traded away basically just to, to match salary. And then he's now been waived by the Hawks. So really to have 25 and 33 and basically have gotten nothing out of it and we also at the time that was already incorporated we thought that those guys were all going to be bad and that's uh i said in my notes nobody with a prayer of helping them this year that turned out to be correct uh and there were guys like bryce johnson scal Maz, pat mccaw tyler ulis diallo zubach deontay davis brogdon and those are guys that at the time we we're saying they could have taken and all those guys actually maybe with the exception of davis have had some moments so far which of course johnson has not uh they also signed west johnson to the full mid-level for three years on a two plus one and that is looking really bad we liked that one we thought actually that wasn't too awful um and because Dockers won't play him, that has turned out to be really bad as well. And then Luke Mbamute was a good signing, uh, and but then he then opted out and ended up signing for the, the minimum in Houston instead. So this is a C minus at the time. I would have to go and make it a D, D minus, maybe, maybe even F plus because, uh, maybe not F plus because they did get those guys in the minimum who were pretty good. But they lost Chris Paul in part because they weren't able to do more. They didn't have a lot of options. They were over the cap i i get that but uh, still uh, one of the i think three teams that did not use cap space but i mean the pretty much everyone they signed didn't work on they re-signed austin rivers to a huge deal too and he's not yeah. really you know he gave them some contributions but. so i gave them a b minus because i said they did a shockingly nice job in an unwinnable situation and i think what i i used some recency bias because the minimum signings happened after and i'm like hey look they did a really good job there but then the rivers crawford and and to a degree west johnson contracts look 
really bad, so I moved it down to a D. I mean, they didn't they didn't get as much present value, though some of that was because other guys got hurt above them. So, like, I mean, I thought Felton and Spates and Mbamute played well. Like, I thought they got nice value from those guys, but just, like, it didn't produce the season that they wanted. And, yeah, so a D there, but I think we can move on to their co-tenants at Staples well, Center, well, the well, just a just a, a note overall. I mean, I think you have to imagine, I, I mean, even us who were more fiscally conservative than most teams were last year even we were too high on a lot of these bad contracts right like yeah whereas, yeah that was i was gonna say that at the outset but i didn't want to spoil it. it's like i was too nice to most of these teams even though like we had the i at least i but i think we both did had the angle right like just the idea of how bad some of them were gonna look we i i understated in my own mind and on the podcast yeah and and we'll get to a lot of those too so we're, we're just gonna i mean and it's funny you know we're probably gonna have more than half the league with you know negative grades here because of this and you know that's hindsight right like we're not saying that like these teams are necessarily idiots i mean everyone was caught up in this nearly everyone you know the, and the few teams that weren't we're going to really upgrade them but i think you're you really as we do this you know that's the reality these contracts have turned out to be bad but it's still important to remember like what the climate really was i mean i think we're all already losing that uh, that perspective of just you know because we were coming in and saying like all right an average starter that's 15 million a year that was kind of our thinking uh and maybe even that and sometimes i think the misevaluation too is uh, you know whether someone could be an average starter or not but yes you started to say the uh there's staples center co-tenants la lakers the Lakers free agency was even more of a disaster than we thought at the time because Mozgov and Dang really didn't work out. I mean, I, the Dang contract is looking worse than I expected, but also Jordan Clarkson. Like Jordan Clarkson, I thought, you know, that he was Arenas Limited, but they signed him outside of that because they could and using cap space. And that deal's looking worse than, than it did at the time. And then, Well, I will say this, though, about Clarkson. We were critical of them for not just like waiting until he got a max Arenas offer. Well, that would have been you know six million that year six million the next year and then 24 million the next two years you know kind of the tyler johnson but he probably would have gotten the max so it would have been even more than than tyler johnson and that would have completely fucked them now for this 2018 plan that's true now we were critical we were critical on them giving up in 2017 and who knows what they could have gotten in 2017 but probably not much based on who the free agents were the fact that they weren't much better and i guess part of the reason a little bit that i was critical at dang and mozgov was because i thought it could make them a little bit better potentially and it as it turned out it didn't uh, they still i mean they we thought that they were at least potentially punting on that top three protected pick of course they ended up getting that of course that ended up being lonzo ball but then they had to lose their number two overall pick in 2015 d'angelo russell to get off of mozgov and dang is still sitting there i mean dang and mozgov were shut down for the last two months of the season i mean even as bad as those guys looked in terms of contracts we th- thought at least maybe they could help a little bit that first year and they didn't even do that those guys both had terrible years and while i have you know i don't love the ingram pick as much as i did then i don't i'm not sour on it at this point and zubac certainly has been fine both of those are not nearly as good as the bad things are bad and then they also traded they got they got some second round picks for jose calderon calderon basically did nothing for them so they didn't get anything there and then yeah you know, but, like, but that was still a 
a, a good trade. I mean, the, the, sure, a good they trade to take value. on seven million in dead money from Chicago, which and at least know, they course, didn't spend that on free agents. Yeah, I mean, Chicago just throws second round picks around like candy, despite the fact, of course, that their starting small forward this year will be the guy they drafted in the second round last year. Also, they hired Luke Walton as their coach, did well there. I think he did a good job last year. He's been a part of their at least resetting the culture a little bit. So I gave them a D minus at the time. I think I would just stick with that D minus. They still did some decent enough things, even though, of course, Deng and Moskov were complete disasters. I gave them a D plus at the time. I'm moving it down to an F plus because the Moskov and, Con- and Deng contracts are horrendous. I mean, they already, as you said, had to give up D'Angelo Russell to get out of Moskov. And that's a pretty huge concession. They did get Brooke Lopez yeah. and a first in the deal. And, and even if even if Russell, you want to say, all right, we got Lonzo Ball, he wouldn't have been in our plans anymore. You could have actually gotten like real shit in exchange for him instead of just salary relief. Yeah, or had depth at at point guard you know like even even if you turn d'angelo russell into a backup that's still an incredibly useful player and it's not like he's expensive in the immediate he will eventually become expensive but he's not there now so yeah i mean luke walton looks like he'll be a, a good coach for them and then the other contracts i think probably look worse the calderon move zubach ingram that's enough to keep it out of a, a straight f but i mean they're going to be dealing with dang now like I, i've been working a little bit on kind of explaining how the lakers can get to two max slots and basically you just end End up with Luol Deng's contract on like all those scenarios yeah let's get to Memphis we gave them a B plus at the time I noted hey you have to consider where they started they had this cap room because of Mike Conley's small cap hold then giving him the max that was going to disappear Conley played we certainly were concerned in the long term about that contract that remains the case he got the largest contract in NBA history at the time five years 153 million dollars and but we also said hey you know what in four years they have no way that they're going to be good now because they had these draft picks out in the future so they were really prevented from tanking they already had re-signed Marcus Soul the previous summer and Conley actually played as well as could possibly have been hoped in the first year of that contract that was fine uh James Ennis was solid he was a, a good value play gave them some good minutes in the playoffs for the room exception a guy that, that was a great job identifying talent a guy who'd been pretty fringy they're able to get a guy for cheap not many teams were able to do that last year we didn't care for their draft Wade Baldwin uh at number 17 isn't looking for good we also were just worried about their backup point guard Andrew Harrison actually played better than could have been thought but you know certainly backup point guard was a problem and then in the playoffs of course we saw that Mike Conley whenever that he was off the floor they just got killed by the Spurs in that series we also they lost Dave Yeager for David Fisdale we said that was downgrading until proven otherwise I think it turned out to not be a downgrade I thought Fisdale did a, a fine job also uh great with the media in that Spurs series but then of course there was the Parsons contract which as we discussed a little bit in the open with Dallas is looking very 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 bad the concept of using the money while they had it was was a sound one but Parsons you know at at this point a lot of it is hindsight though we knew his knees were messed up to a degree at that point you know like it now we're kind of talking about him as like oh if he can become like a sixth man for them and not only did his contract kind of tie up the remaining flexibility but it has forced them to make these luxury tax decisions moving forward and so well, like and ha- this is that's a great point day because for a lot of these teams and and memphis probably 
was one of them washington another detroit we we're like oh man you know what like this the, this is what one stop shopping right because for a team like the the cap is going up they got these guys on small cap holds once you give these guys their new contract you're basically losing this money and so you have to spend it now and that was certainly the thinking that was the thinking that caused so many teams to spend so much more in the cap actually to go down this year the initial projections were that spending wouldn't keep up with it so that was i think that wasn't the right thinking you know whereas i mean yeah you know they signed parsons it was use it or lose it space but then that started especially if you're a team that wasn't willing to pay the tax then this year that starts to hurt you right like they lost zach randolph they couldn't use quite their full mid-level exception they're worried about the tax now they may not be able to re-sign jamichael green they may lose tony allen so for those teams detroit washington a few others we could say yeah you know they had this cap space they had to spend it and for memphis maybe they're in a different place because they had all these vets anyway and they signed a guy in Parsons who was at least somewhat near the top of the market even though he had these injury concerns but I think in retrospect for many of these teams you would have just been better off not necessarily signing guys or or just signing the best guy you could on a one-year deal even if you know you're overpaying but you're in a situation where you you could still not be right up against the tax the Bucks would be another example of that too Pistons here yes yes yeah yeah with Drummond so Sorry to interrupt you, but I I, had, I remember I wanted to make that point as a big one that just we've seen generally in 2017 because so many of these teams have just been limited from doing anything. And you're like, oh, well, you know, at the time in 2016, you're like, well, what else could they have done? This cap space was going. You had to use all of it. Well, you didn't have to use all of it for four years. And you there are future costs to that, even though in this year there weren't any costs to it. Yeah, that's kind of why the Jeff Greening signing last year actually looks better now is because at least they only spent it for one year. I mean, it's still there were some disasters elements of that but I so I ended up so I originally gave Memphis an A minus because the Parsons thing using it and I liked their draft better than you did you were far closer to right than I was I mean Baldwin disappointed Deontay Davis was the big surprise for me I thought at least like his athleticism would translate I'm not seeing as much what he's going to be and then uh Rade Zagorich we still have to see I mean he was in summer league this year but going through that and then Troy Daniels you know the contract was fine he didn't really make much of an impact last year he is under contract for this year as well which is part of the reason I really liked his deal and Ennis's was that they got multiple years too. Same with Seth Curry. And so I, I, I think that it's a D plus now, but that of course, a lot of that is hindsight with the, with the channel person thing, but it's still a D plus. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, I would go higher. I would go like C minus. I mean, yeah, that Parsons contract's looking like maybe he'll rebound. It doesn't look that way at this point. And that still was a risk at the time. You know, I don't know that that was a misevaluation. It was just, you know, this, yeah. although I will say this, they, had to have known even if we didn't that he'd had that more extensive meniscus surgery than had been publicized at the time so if they knew that which they would have when he took a physical then it was clear to me that they probably should have gone in another direction um but i mean it was still a risk they took it whatever like he's a guy who could have really helped them and it didn't work out so c minus i'm not quite as harsh on the regrade in parsons maybe as you are minnesota we said that they got the best coach on the market i don't think that's true um tibbs was not able to transform their defense the way we thought maybe that'll happen in future years but but they did not really have a quality defense for most of last year mike d'antoni was clearly the best 
best coach on the market and frankly maybe if minnesota had made him and i mean can you imagine if they just had d'antoni instead of tibbs like the way they would have been playing some of their transactions like but you still would have had wingers and towns they, like, they also awesome. wouldn't they also wouldn't have had tibbs as their president of operations now we were actually we gave them a b minus they didn't screw up 2017 i have that in bold in my notes and given how hard that and then what they eventually well, got in 2017, they screwed it too. up a little later that's one of the, one of the things that happened after we recorded this was the jang extension and yes, that's that true. was Thank the part of it that they that. that they did do so basically to run through their offseason they drafted chris dunn which now looks worse than it did then they signed cole aldrich you know i thought that was a totally reasonable contract thought he took a discount to go back to minnesota brandon rush fine jordan hill bad contract like one of those that you kind of forget because he was just so out of the picture that giving yeah. him like four million dollars because he just wasn't good and then the big thing that happened at the end other than the, the adding tibs and this is a tibs mistake was completely misreading the market for jang really all they had to do was wait if they had waited then they would have had a lot more flexibility it's not like it would have made them a luxury taxpayer or anything even if they wanted to retain him and when we saw the market not only for big men but for restricted big men they could have saved a lot of money and actually used that flexibility due to the jimmy butler heist yeah that's true although uh, other than that uh, they still kept open plenty of cap space and then they were able to get teague this year they were able to get jimmy butler just taking him into cap space that's part of why that deal worked i'm sure for the bulls they were like well we at least we didn't have to take any bad money back we like cole aldrich he ended up having a really bad year and you know is looking like pretty close to dead money at this point now so i, I gave them a b minus initially I, I noted at the time i thought that dunn wouldn't have been my pick it would have been murray but i thought that he looked better at least in summer league than guys like chris and healed below him Pirtle and maker who probably would have been better than dunn not guys who were really being talked about in that range so you can't downgrade them for not taking those guys i think they should have taken murray they obviously would have looked a lot better but maybe they would have traded murray away anyway i mean it's so so interesting that five and six both of those teams we thought should have taken jamal murray but then both of those teams were actually able to get good value for those guys at five and six even though those guys had disappointed uh in trades for superstars minnesota and new orleans but still obviously murray would have been a better asset than either of those two guys so you have a, a b minus at the time you throw in the jang extension which was bad i think you end up at a c plus because really just totally blowing the number five pick on someone who can't play which is how i feel about Dunn. it probably isn't going to be a starter i mean i wouldn't say he can't play i think he's at least good defensively but uh that's pretty rough and hill was a total waste we knew that at the time brandon rush was okay he gave them some good minutes once levine went down um and then jang as well i think even though it set them up reasonably well for butler when you went into the offseason with the assets that they had i still think they came away with a difficult uh, haul there so yeah I, I, I moved, would probably go C plus at this point. I moved them from a C plus to a D. I think that they the thing that Thibodeau really misread was the the way that the league was going in terms of centers. I mean, that ended up being exacerbated by, I mean, Taj Gibson, they overpaid him a little bit, but just the combination of all their factors, giving Aldrich multiple years was f- 
fine at the time. That's working out poorly. And with Chris Dunn, like, I'm not going to give them a ton of credit for then turning him into something else on an amazing trade yeah. where we think that they got misvalued. Like, this is going to come up with a couple other teams where they mitigated a mistake during the time between the regrade. And so, like, I'm not going to give, I'm going to give them very little credit. I mean, you know, like a slight bit for that. And Tibbs, you know, like, he, he didn't make as big of an impact as a coach. I think that overall, he's been a, a pretty big disappointment as a president of basketball operations with the Jimmy Butler trade notwithstanding. That was amazing because he swindled an inferior front office, but well done. And then so kind of where they're going with that. So it's 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 a challenge with Minnesota because parts of this really worked out, but I still think the overall elements of it were were flawed. And so give them a D. Ready to move on to New Orleans? Yeah, at the time I gave them a C. A lot of that was for taking healed over Jamal Murray. I actually liked their free agency. Okay, Solomon Hill is not looking great. I, we noted that they overpaid a little for those guys, but they at least can defend and they stay healthy. So, and their defense did get a lot better last year, but they had injury concerns at the start of the year. Had that not been the case, then maybe they could have been in the very lower end of the playoff mix. They, of course, traded heel for Demarcus Cousins, but same thinking as you had on Dunn. You know, you're not going to give them extra credit for that when the player actually just wasn't really that great. And they actually were before they traded for Cousins set up reasonably well to have some cap space they could have had about 15 million even with drew holiday's cap hold on the books and they could have gotten a real player with that of course they wouldn't have had cousins either i still think that was a good contract but they still had maintained some modicum of future flexibility uh langston galloway looked like a good cheap contract that we liked he underperformed a little bit uh and then tim frazier they got for two million a year he gave them quality backup point guard minutes all season and then was inexplicably traded away for the 57 52nd pick in the draft and then they also signed terrence jones who gave them a little bit but generally uh wasn't that good ended up getting waived i had i had a kind of a challenge regrading them because i like the diallo pick more now than i did then and i solomon hill I like less than I did. Each one more, probably a little yeah. bit less. But, but like, we did we did say this at the time that Hill is a four, you know, and, and, yeah. and part of why he's underperformed is because they have played him at the three because they don't have anyone else there. Like, and I think Hill could have a, a season where he's still playing thirty minutes a game and is hopefully playing more backup four. But I don't think that's the plan. I think they're playing him at the three again. So I, I mean, while he is overpaid, I mean, he did start last year. He's going to start this year. He's not that great, but uh, you know. I think that contract is still considered a little bit worse than, than it actually is. And more, same thing. I mean, he's at least a, a guy who gives you some reasonably quality two-way play. Those guys are probably overpaid by $3 million a year and $4 million a year each. But that's not what's killing them right now. What's killing them is the Asha contract, the Ajinsa contract, yeah. uh, those type of things. So I, I moved them down from a C- to a D plus, but I'm fine with it being around in the same range. Diallo pick is useful, but he also doesn't have much of a place to play. And they spend a little bit too much on those guys so you know it's 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 about there and then I don't downgrade them at this point for dumping Tim Frazier for nothing because I credit them for signing him because that's what actually happened right. in that offseason yeah and I think the healed pick though we suspected that it it was a bad pick over Murray now we have even more evidence that that's actually true so I time to downgrade them even more for that so I I, I had him at a C I would put him down at a D plus uh D range at this point I think next up is 
is the one that I struggled with at the time and became even more complicated now. Oklahoma City, they lost Kevin Durant. then, But before that, they traded Serge Ibaka for Victor Oladipo, Arison Ilyasova, and the 11th pick where they drafted Sabonis. They later signed Oladipo and Steven Adams to lucrative rookie-scale extensions. They withdrew the qualifying offer for Deion Waiters, signed Alex Abrinas, and lost Randy Foy. At the time, I gave them an incomplete slash B-minus just because we were still figuring out how this was all going to work. And I kept them right around the B range. I mean, I think that the Oladipo extension was too much money, but they ended up, and so that's the part that matters more here. They ended and, up and getting Steven out And Steven Adams was too much money as well. Let's not yeah, forget that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean and, and, and not extending Robertson, I think he actually ended up taking less than he was offered in an extension. Yeah, I mean, well, I wonder what Adams would have gotten if he had been a restricted free agent, like if they had played out the string with him. Because, I mean, yeah, he, he would have been he's, better he's, than Noel, but would yeah. a team have really, like, would Brooklyn have gone after him instead of Otto Porter? Probably not. Maybe second. Maybe they would have done that before the other stuff they did. Yeah, maybe. But certainly... I think odds are he would have gotten less than he did. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously, as we've noted, restricted free agency is a crapshoot. Either you, the guy gets an offer and it ends up being too much or he doesn't get the offer and you get him for cheaper or he gets into one of these things. We also noted at the time that they had the cash to renegotiate and extend Westbrook. That's, they ended up being able to do that at least for a year, although he still could leave it after this season. And Sabonis, we didn't like that pick. There were guys in that range that we liked better that we said that they could have drafted uh, although there weren't a ton of guys drafted in the teens who looked awesome and uh, they avoided paying waiters which we like waiters actually had an okay year abrinas i thought is a guy who still has some potential we love the abaca trade i had given them a, a b plus again noting that KD was always going to leave anyway and then also just the, the fact that and, and maybe in the case of heel Dunn and these other guys I mean th- these are all guys who were acquired last summer and then have formed the basis for what we viewed as lopsided trades but maybe the teams in question didn't so even if the guys can't play if you're getting guys that the league or at least some teams value as being better than they are you know that has to be part of the component and Oladipo and Sabonis while Oladipo as you mentioned was extended for too much and Sabonis, I don't think is good. Those guys at least were flippable to get Paul George. And so like that has to be a little bit of the equation, if not all of it necessarily. So I had them at a B plus. I probably would bump them to, and they did make the playoffs too. I mean, I think they, they were better this year, although part of that was getting lucky than we thought they would be. They also got Ursan Ilyasova, who they then traded for Jeremy Grant and a trade exception, which they later used. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably stick with B plus. So before we move on to Phoenix, here but you did you give your grade yeah i moved them from incomplete b minus to b okay all right so i'll stick with b plus but i was higher on their offseason at the time than i think a lot of people were so that's not the fact that i'm not moving them up more doesn't mean i didn't like it so before we move on to phoenix i want to tell you about blinds.com i am renting right now so i didn't want to waste their awesome product on a place that i was renting in but i do have a rental property in the city and my tenant worked with me and blinds.com they sent her some great suggestions that i liked as well so we're able to put up some really beautiful window coverings 
in that place didn't matter we we've got in that apartment some pretty odd sized windows that i actually couldn't find screens for but no problem blinds.com was able to manufacture stuff to spec that looks great actually had one of my best friends in town this last weekend he was telling me how much he loved his stuff from blinds.com as well he got some really nice blackout shades from them his wife actually has trouble sleeping so they've been wanting to get those for a while they got them from blinds.com very happy again they got some help from uh danielle sansom at blinds.com did a great job of helping them pick out some inexpensive but really high quality blackout shades and now his wife actually is sleeping better so when you get started with blinds.com go to blinds.com and use that promo code capspace we talk about capspace all the time in the program of course and you can get 20 percent off here's what you get with them a free online design consultation as i i've mentioned send in pictures of your home you get custom professional recommendations in return they'll send you free samples to make everything looks just as good in person shipping is free and if you mismeasure or you accidentally pick the wrong color they will remake your blinds for free so once again, blinds.com, promo code Castaway, so you get 20% off everything. Faux wood, blinds, cellular shades, roller shades, and more. Blinds.com, promo code Capspace, rules and restrictions apply. Phoenix, I gave a B2 initially. They got Jared Dudley on what I thought was a good deal. Probably doesn't look as good. Three years, 30 million for him. Barbosa, they picked up as kind of a culture guy. Only 500,000 guaranteed this year. They ended up waving him. He hasn't been picked up yet. And then in the draft, they got Dragon Bender at four. We noted at the time that he, due to some of the other talent that they had, that he probably was the pick there. But we also thought that Dunn or, or Murray could end up a lot better, probably Murray in particular. Uh, but hey, oh, we already have Devin Booker, although Murray has looked like, like he can play some point guard too. I mean, Phoenix has passed up on a lot of dudes because they already have Bledsoe and they already have Booker. And again, Booker looks like, you know, a solid player maybe, but I'm not sure that if I had other guys graded higher, I I would have just not drafted them because of Booker. And we'll see, you know, with Josh Jackson, Bender, Chris, those guys better work out because there was to some extent drafting for need there instead of taking the best player available, at least in my opinion. Uh, but we like the, the trade for Chris, getting some talent there, consolidating some assets, Boyan, or I'm sorry, Bogdan Bogdanovich, number 13 and number 28 for that eight pick with Chris. I, I thought that was a good trade at the time. Chris, to me, is disappointed a little bit though. I was higher on Bender than you were so this is a, a greater drop for me because Bender is disappointed Chris is disappointed I still like the process of the trade especially because Bogdanovich wouldn't he would he wouldn't have really fit in super well with them and remember he was going to be since he wasn't coming over that year he was going to be non-scale even though he was a first round pick so then that brings a whole bunch of other stuff though the Suns theoretically could have traded him or signed him themselves so I move them and this might be a little too harsh I'm just really low on Chris at this moment I'm moving them from an A- to a D plus which I think might be the largest drop of anybody but just because I my opinion of the guys they drafted changed significantly yeah and you also noted too that they don't really have that much in terms of future flexibility oh and one thing we should mention though Tyler Eulis I think is I I could I could be persuaded in moving into the C range just because I still really like him and the fact that I think they got him on a three-year deal is still really nice because I think he'll be playing for them for that entirety yeah Eulis 
at 34 was a solid pick he's going to be their backup point guard this year they also decided to stick with earl watson as their coach he had been in a room before that i don't think that's really proved to be a great choice he still has not really shown me very much the players like tyson chandler liked him a little bit they, they made some big bets on chemistry i'm not sure that their chemistry is like so amazing it certainly didn't show up on the court last year so i gave them a b chris was the last guy in his tier they're able to get the, him with the eighth pick but he's there are guys below him now that that are looking better I think actually they've had problems at center like Jakob Pertl would probably be like maybe even the best center on their roster this year although maybe that's underscoring what Tyson Chandler did last year so I gave him a B initially probably would downgrade to like a C C minus at this point well the next one is one that we don't need or at least I don't need to downgrade because I already had it where it should be and that's the Portland Trailblazers I gave them an F because of the horrendous contracts to Evan Turner Myers Leonard to a degree Alan Crabb and while the CJ McCollum extension was fine I, I think it was you could say it was good um azili ended up being worse because he just couldn't play and so they did give him you know a very light partial guarantee for the second year but that effectively was dead money in a year that became incredibly expensive for them so i i gave them an f then i give them an f now and we can't obscure the fact that they recovered from this extremely well with two very nice trades, getting rid of Alan Crabb, although he is a quality player, but uh, moving him and only having to take back Andrew Nicholson, who they're likely to stretch, was solid. And they then obviously, stretch him. I'll just note that. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. I thought Namad was tweeting the other day that they actually hadn't quite done it yet, uh, and they would have until August thirty first. Well, I kind of trust that. I kind of trust year. Albert more than I trust myself, so now I'm worried about it. But like some of the original reporting was that they were going to. Yeah, do yeah, it, it so. said. Yeah, it said that they planned to stretch him. I'm just. Oh, not sure okay, that okay. So that's that's why. I, but anyway, that's not why we're here. Yeah, because they made that great Nurkic trade because they were going to have to pay Plumley anyway. Remember, uh, at the time, have to uh, in quotes there. But yeah, getting Nurkic and picking up a first round pick like those were trades that these last two trades they pulled out of their ass because they were completely screwed uh they were looking at being 20 million dollars over the tax before signing Plumley, and they would have really had no one at center had it not been for that uh we also noted that two of harkless crab turner or leonard were not really going to play that much and would become untradeable with aminu's injury it was only one of those guys didn't play but that was miles myers leonard and he has in fact become untradeable uh Harkless's signing was good. He had a quality season last year. We hated Evan Turner, of course, four years, 70 million. I think there's absolutely nothing has happened to change that. I didn't really care for the CJ extension. They got him at a little bit less than the max, but they also gave up maybe the opportunity to do anything in 2017 free agency and so a lot of people like all the portlanders are like well we again there's another oh we've got all this use it or lose it so it's like what else were we supposed to do you tell me what our other plan should have been like yeah i know that this sucked but nothing else sucked less than than this well you could have just done nothing if they had just done nothing or you know certainly not signed turner and maybe then they match on crab fine you know the crab match doesn't look nearly as bad if you don't also sign Turner and he maintained some flexibility for later or you just again go for one-year deals don't sign CJ you know they could have re-signed Gerald Henderson for a, a similar deal to what he got he had some hippie issues but gave the Sixers something he could have given the Blazers something as well I mean that was a good contract they could have just paid a little bit more than the Sixers did potentially and they could have actually had some flexibility for this year they could have gotten into the sign and trade market they could have really and then not been in the tax and had a lot more flexibility here and you know of course they didn't do that uh i also felt like just 
getting another guy who couldn't shoot was a big problem even if getting someone like you know marvin williams or something like that beating that offer from the hornets wouldn't have been great but still would have been better than turner who i still look at as like really a negative asset and effect on their team and remember that they entered the regular season still having flaws at forward you know they have harkless and aminu but they needed more depth there because turner wasn't the answer and they needed depth at center they ended up solving that with nurkish to a degree though they they ended up using two first round picks on on backup bigs so you could say that they didn't answer the backup center despite giving myers leonard a a ton of money so like they ended up redeeming it after this fact but they still don't get credit for that during the during the period that was the offseason so yeah i mean do you have any qualms with giving them an f well i gave them an f plus part of the reason for that was i thought the azili contract was a good risk as shortly after we recorded that he had knee soreness didn't play at all Uh, looks like his career may be over so you got to downgrade them from there all their other moves i hate just as much as i did so i would say just a straight f and the reason it's not an f minus was the harkless contract was good everything else uh, and i guess the cj extension he had another great year probably would have gotten them access here in a restricted free agency so you gave him a little credit for that but yeah still still f and the fact that they've been able to recover from this with two great moves doesn't diminish that in my eyes sacramento ended up with this unusual circumstance so what one of the hallmarks of what i wrote last year was it was a bizarre mix of very good and baffling moves which has been kind of their mo for the last few years because bellinelli for the 22nd pick was incredible then still is i mean they drafted malachi richardson that wasn't great a follow and tolliver were very pro active contracts like those were even though they didn't work out super well those were two of the best contracts that were signed just because they had light partial guarantees for the second year so you had that those as kind of some of the big elements they also drafted Papianis, who they traded down to get because that was they had the pick that became marquise chris yeah they also added yeah, the eight, pick that, eight for 13 28 and uh Bogdan, and bogdanovich. bogdanovich was the trade and so they drafted scal there that worked out very well they signed a follow and then the other the other big signings they had garrett temple and Matt Barnes, who they ended up cutting, it was I think it was the second or third time in the recent years where they cut a guy basically before he actually played on his player option, which is pretty impressive. And then the other big thing that happened with them was that they lost, they basically cut Seth Curry loose and he would have really helped them. They ended up kind yeah. of salvaging that with Ty Lawson, but still, I mean, that w- he would have really helped them. Yeah, the, a follow in Tolliver, they moved on from both those guys. They signed them to one-year deals. That's okay. They had plenty of cap space this summer. We said that hiring Dave Yeager was a win for where they were at as a team. He at least was a quality coaching option. You know, I thought he did okay last year. The, he ended up not being able to necessarily mend fences with Cousins. They had to trade him. Uh, at this point, they had not signed Ty Lawson and so we thought that Garrett Temple was going to be their backup point guard that's why we really disliked that sign that's what he was discussed as Temple actually was a contract we criticized three years or two plus one eight million a year that actually ended up working out reasonably well he had a nice year last year which I didn't even think he would have in the first year but was playing at shooting guard like Lawson really saved them especially because Collison missed a fair amount of time and they knew he was going to miss time with the domestic violence suspension at the start of the season we gave them a c minus I think that's probably probably about where I would be again. I moved it down a little bit to a D plus because they didn't get as much present value from a follow Barnes and Tolliver. And so, yeah, those are reasonable contracts, but I thought they were going to get a little bit more and their draft other than Scal just doesn't look good right now. Papa G, I said when we did the summer league thing, I don't think he's an NBA player. Malachi has gotten completely lost in the shuffle and I think he would be lost in the shuffle even if they hadn't added shooting guards on top of me. Just I just Yeah, don't think that's he's that true. I, I really dislike that pick. Even 
even if the trade in terms of value was a good one. Right. And then losing Curry, it, especially considering what he ended up getting, you know, it's not as bad as the sign and trade for Isaiah years ago, but it's still pretty awful because he would have given them depth and they had leverage. He was a restricted free agent. You know, like we'll talk about this with Deadman at some point, but those things are, are pretty big. And Dave Yeager, certainly an upgrade on coach from where they were, but uh, well, I, I'm not sure how much we, we talked about how Tibbs didn't really renovate the or fix the Timberwolves defense. I think Jaeger's kind of the same thing. Those guys might be buying in a little bit. But remember, they also just spent and I'm not saying I factored this part in the grades. They if he was supposed to change the culture, they then added a, a ton of money and presence of veterans this year. So usually you hope that the coach and some other guys are going to do that. They had to spend for that again. Yeah, I think most of their transactions look a little worse other than Temple. We said that he was awful and that actually turned out to be pretty decent. And for all these teams where we're going to downgrade them for signing long-term deals, we have to upgrade them simply for not screwing up with, yeah, with really long-term yeah. big money. So that, like that's why had, I kept if, them if about had, the same range. If they had taken decent guys to their draft pick, this could be in the high Bs to me. Like that's how that's how close this was. But I mean, they had the eighth pick in the draft. They had the 21st, the 20 second pick in the draft which they got at an absolute heist and both of those guys look like they're not going to be part of their present or future san antonio after we did the grades for this year and were low on them a spurs fan was giving me shot on twitter because oh you gave them a c last year like see and they won 61 games like that was ridiculous and you're gonna you're gonna feel just as stupid this year as you did last year for giving them a c well i would still give them a c uh because i mean they had won 67 games been actually one of the better regular season teams in nba history the year before this last season i haven't looked this up but my recollection is that they won the 61 but they actually were pretty lucky in close games so they weren't quite as good there and remember even at the time I to start last year I predicted that they would win 59 so the reason that they won those games this year was because of guys they already had on the roster not moves that they made they got Gasol and that was looking like you know okay contract but they still had to give him that player option for last year well that really ended up killing them because now they had to sign him to another 48 million dollar contract with a significant guarantee even in the third year Dwayne Debbin we liked he turned out to be everything that we hoped that he would be during the regular season though he did not help in the playoffs whether that was pop not playing him when he maybe should have or just that he could not have in fact have helped them we noted that Livio Jean Charles was a waste of a roster spot and that was something where they drafted him he had agreed to stay overseas he then tore his ACL and then you know has not been the same player since then he ended up getting waived before even playing a game for the team so they agreed that he was a waste of a roster spot we liked DeJounte Murray at 29 had some moments last year rough summer league you know that he's probably looking like about you know just a normal 29th pick at this point i'd say he's a little better than that but not yeah okay you're right he's probably got more upside yeah Yeah. Uh, and in terms of their other transactions uh davis burton's looking pretty good uh as a rookie they, they signed him Bryn Forbes undrafted looking like he can play a little bit David Lee they got more out of him than anyone would have thought uh so uh, that worked out pretty well and yeah they had a pretty good team but I I don't think that anyone that they signed was great and they had a lot of cap space and weren't able to get anyone who really helped helped them against the Warriors remember again that when we're grading these teams you know we wanted them to play smaller again they didn't do that especially these teams that are doing better like you really your concentration has to be the Warriors 
Warriors and Pau Gasol can't play against the Warriors that was easily proven in the conference finals even though Kawhi wasn't there so yeah you know they recovered okay they lost Tim Duncan they got some guys who helped them in the regular season and I mean really none of the guys they signed helped them against Golden State that was our exact criticism at the time that turned out to be true so I will stick with that same C that I gave them last season one strange piece of hindsight for them is that part of how they cleared the space for Powell was that they traded Boris Diaw knowing what we know now not knowing like at the point where we were grading this offseason they probably would have been better off if they had just kept Boris Diaw and then just cut his non-guarantee instead of giving Powell the money they did like that just because that contract yeah. the second contract ended up being a problem it was very good to let to not match on Boban that contract was too lucrative and it was it was kind of a misread of the market so good job there I mean I don't I that was a, I guess that was a vaguely tough decision but it wasn't I don't think that was an agonizing match like some of the other guys they re-signed Manu of course that's good they ended up giving him more money because they had that flexibility like that Jonte Murray so I gave them a C plus before I gave them a C plus now partially because the the nature of and Miami dealt with this a lot of giving guys a one-year contract who end up living up to it is that you end up just kind of getting that value and then nothing more and so David Lee ended up being that way Deadman, and so those guys are fine and for those people saying this stuff about the Spurs like I think we both picked the Spurs to finish second in the West and I already did the tears podcast with Audi and I picked the Spurs to finish second in the West again this year as of this moment so it's not like you're saying like that's as it's not a very different thing to say they had a good or bad offseason to they are a good or bad team because they didn't draft Kawhi Leonard this year they didn't do any of that kind of stuff so I mean it's the same logic with 2016 as it was in 2017 concur entirely the Utah Jazz I gave them a straight A and said that they used it was a great use of their cap space and even to not use all of their cap space as well and leave it open they offered Hill a renegotiation extension which he did not take but then they're actually able to use that cap space to trade for Ricky Rubio at the very end of the season you know that still the seeds for that were planted and not using all of it and yet they still were able to get Joe Johnson they're able to get George Hill they took Boris Diaw into cap space he contributed for them last year they did trade the number 12 pick for Hill. Torian Prince looks like he could be a decent player, but I mean, th- they got to exactly where they wanted to be. Five seed, winning 50 games, and they won a playoff round. If you had said before the season that they got there and, and that they would have been happy with that, especially with all the injuries that they had. I mean, I think that they made the right move. Yeah, they lost Gordon Hayward, but I mean, I think pretty much everyone was saying, hey, they did everything they could at least in the last year or two to retain him. And I think I would still give that offseason an A, even knowing that Hayward ended up leaving. It's wild to still give them an a despite what happened but oh the pro- oh and they also they also got rudy gobert to sign an extension for less than the max right and Although, that, lo- that looks given I mean, given how good he is i might have rather almost had him on a five-year fit, max. on the fifth year we'll see, and yeah to walk out of 2016 with no bad contracts is a pretty massive victory the trade you know it, in hindsight ended up working but part of that is how are you going to blame the jazz for george hill making a mistake you know george hill yeah. they offered him renegotiation extension that unless he just really didn't wanted didn't want to play there and apparently ended up at sacramento so what what, whatever the misgivings there you know they're a less competitive team not in a glamour market oh and and they signed joe johnson two years 22 million and he like won them multiple playoff games that's a great contract and boris they got what they needed to out of him and then they and then they let him go that's fine and that allowed them to retain the flexibility to kind of have a to have a good offseason and yes they did lose gordon hayward yes they did lose george hill but the process was still 
still really strong. And I'm not going to knock them for things that happened that were outside of their control outside of our time frame. Also, uh, Tibor Pleiss, who was, I think was due 3 million guaranteed, and he had even a guarantee maybe for this year as well. They were able to move him and they moved him at the precise right time to Philly. They had to give up, I think, like a second rounder or something to do that. And Philly immediately waived him. But if they'd waited to do that until now, let me double check that actually. I think he has 500,000 guaranteed for this era, but that's off that's off the top of my dome. So that'd be kind of impressive if I got it right. Okay. But but anyway, I mean, they, they I don't think would have had space to trade for Rubio if they still had his three million on the book. So moving him at the time when there was the absolute most cap space was a smart move. I mean, not like you know, a little thing. I don't want to go crazy on that, but people forget that he was even on the team and they're able to dump his three million and not really have to pay much of a price there. All right, we'll get to the East here momentarily. But first, this from the mattress that I sleep on, Helix Sleep. They've been a sponsor of the podcast for almost its entire existence. And the way I got in contact with them, I actually contacted them because I liked their product so much. I tried one of their competitors first, a one-size-fits-all mattress. I apparently do not belong to the Venn diagram of people that include all people, at least in their parlance, because I did not like their mattress, gave me and my girlfriend back pain. So we were attracted to Helix Sleep because they actually, allow you to customize your mattress in a two to three minute questionnaire that kind of a truly customized mattress would cost you five to ten thousand dollars until now and for couples they can even customize each side of the mattress because my girlfriend and i see eye to eye of course we were able to compromise in, on the same settings you have to take my word for it though you have 100 nights to try it out and if you don't love it they will pick it up for free and give you a full refund with no questions asked it arrives in seven to ten days in the box about the size of a box of golf clubs way to get started with them go to helixsleep.com slash cap space that url is easy to remember we talk about it all the time in the program that'll get you 50 bucks off your order and and more importantly, at least for our purposes, let them know that you came from us. Helixsleep.com slash Capspace. One more time, that URL, helixsleep.com slash Capspace. Okay, let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. Back last offseason, I gave them a C. What did you have? I gave them a C minus. So their major moves, they had a series of them was they lost Al Horford, replaced him with Dwight Howard on a contract that I, I liked at the time. And, you know, I still don't think it's terrible. Retained Kemp Bazemore, traded Jeff Teague for the 12th pick, which they drafted Torian Prince, then took Bembry with their own pick, signed Malcolm Delaney and Jared Jack and waived Lamar Patterson. And then the other thing they did that was outside of our grades, but is still a part of this is the Dennis Schroeder extension, which was four years, $70 million. I moved down to a that's D. That's actually, actually, that's with incentives, I think, and they're pretty unlikely incentives, like being on oh, the okay. All-Star team or something. So it's actually $62.5 million over four okay. years. I, I just I just Googled it right before we started, and about 470 was what I yeah. found, but you're uh, right that that gets course, overreported. Yeah, it always does. I mean, obviously, they're getting that from the agent, usually, and they're getting it. The agent, of course, wants to inflate it as much as possible, and then when you re- find out what it actually is, that never gets reported, because it's just, you know, people want it immediately, and then they kind of forget about it. But yeah, so you you gave him a C minus what would you say it is now I went to a D plus. I still think the Howard contract was fine. You know, they ended up because of the combination of various factors, seeing it as more of a negative than I do. And then the big question here is Torian Prince. Like if Torian Prince can succeed as a starter, then this grade goes even higher probably because I, I, I didn't love him as a, as a prospect at Baylor. If he's a starter, then this is in the C range, maybe even in the B range, but I'm not completely sold on that yet. So I'm going to keep it a little bit lower for now. Plus just holding on to Paul Millsap. We were 
were worried at how that was going to work out and it didn't go super well. Yeah, I thought that the Teague trade to me looks even better in hindsight because he went to Indiana and then left there. It ended up getting a contract that Atlanta clearly would not have been willing to give them, uh, give him given where they were as a franchise in Minnesota. And then Prince, you thought at the time that he had been kind of overdrafted. He showed some flashes. He's at least a guy where the theory of him works in the modern game. I think he's got the body to be a solid wing defender, has hit some shots here and there. So I think he's got more potential than a lot of the guys who are selected in that range. So I think that that pick is looking better as time goes on. And I don't think that they're really that much worse last year because they let Teague go. They still got the five seed. Uh, And not trading Millsap, they also had, if they had just played it right and traded him at the deadline, then maybe they would have looked, been in a lot better position as a franchise now. But they still at least have some surplus draft picks going forward. They're going to be bad this year. So they'll be able to start rebuilding the one contract that we probably thought was actually fine at the time that looks bad right now is the Bazemore contract uh, four years 72 million player option on the last year and Bazemore was fringe starter type of level last season yeah so if you include the player option which I would for right now he still has 54 million remaining on that contract which is a lot of money for three years for a guy who doesn't really fit in with a, like kind of the premium skill set you know he doesn't run the offense he's not a primary scorer and he he can defend but he's not really that lead defender guy and Schroeder is his extension is just kicking in now so I mean that I think that's a negative now and and you also talk about that the point guard market dried up like if they had waited for restricted free agency with him I don't think he would have gotten it would have been maybe more like New Orleans Noel where they would have been leveraged against themselves by not wanting to antagonize somebody that it looked like they had made a commitment to by their other moves and and Schroeder had solid counting stats so he in his own brain has and with his age have an argument even though I think both of us believe that he has not really contributed as much to winning as his box score stats would have indicated so yeah I mean that looks like a slight overpay but he also still has the potential to grow into that contract like he doesn't suck as a starter and he's a young guy so I I think that contract in some ways is very similar to the one that they ended up having to give Jeff Teague in restricted free agency back in I want to say 2012 but I mean, it was 2013. How does the decision to not offer Al Horford the five-year max, which by most accounts would have resulted in him staying, how does that decision look right now? When you also consider that they then made a move for Howard, who they hated so much that they just dumped for like even worse salary. I think it looks pretty good, actually, because while Horford is a talented player, they weren't going to get much of the present value on that deal. They were just going to be that same old Hawks team. I mean, they probably would have been maybe the four seed or maybe the three seed with that. Maybe they yeah. went to playoffs. I, I don't think they weren't going to move the I don't think the they needle. beat Washington necessarily last year. I don't think so either. Maybe they do. And so, and so, I mean, and I guess Boston wouldn't have getting. been as good. That's another thing. Boston wouldn't have been as good, so they would have been higher in the hierarchy. I mean, they could have been a four seed, three seed, maybe, and and obviously yeah. lost in the second round. So that. That could have been possible. And Millsap, I feel like Millsap still would have left. That's just my instinct. I don't know specifically, but I mean, yeah, and that team would have gotten really it. expensive. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, maybe they, if they're four seed or whatever, they could have diluted themselves more in it contending. Maybe Travis Schlenk wouldn't even be there. You know, there's all uh, maybe Bud would still be in charge. There's a, a lot of variables that could have happened there. Very difficult to evaluate that decision, but I think probably the right move if your real goal is to win a championship. Uh, 
uh, I think that they are closer to that now, strange as it seems that they're much worse than had they re-signed Al Horford. Uh, so I think I mean, Howard, Bazemore, their two big signings both look worse than they did at the time. Some of their other decisions look better. I probably would stick with that C that I gave them. Ready to move on to the Celtics? Yeah, they signed Horford three plus one for the max. I think it was about 127 million, if memory serves. Jalen Brown drafted him at number three. I think that looks solid there. He, to me, looked better than the two guys drafted below him, Bender and Chris Dunn, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, maybe you could say that Murray would have been a better pick, but I'd rather have him than than Heald or Dunn or Bender at this point. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the Murray or Marquise thing. Chris, for example. Oh. I mean, yeah, and you know, I think Brown and Murray are probably, I like Murray better than Brown at this point, but uh, you know, they're thinking that Jalen Brown is going to start for them this year. And that's, that's looking pretty good in what was considered a weak draft. I would agree with that. And then, so the, some of the other stuff they did, they re-signed Tyler Zeller on a one plus one, which they are actually, I think it was technically a non-guarantee on the second year. They yeah, signed they, Gerald and Green. That would have been a two minus one anyway. If it Correct. Was, it, we we got to get our new parlance down uh, on this now. We do. We do. And then they, uh, so they signed Gerald Green, let Jared Sullinger and Evan Turner go. And, you know, that's, I, I think, so I gave it an A minus at the time. And I think I would just slightly move it down to a B plus for a couple different reasons. One, Horford did well and they were the one seed, but they're out a little bit of the present value. You know, like, yes, they did get the one seed. They made the Eastern Conference Finals, but they got blown out with Isaiah out. Well, so I well think- but let me make this point, though. By making the East Finals, that's what probably was a big part of them getting Gordon Hayward. If they don't make the East Finals, maybe he doesn't go there i mean that's a lot of that's, that's possible just it's conjecture and, but it's yeah and, and perception but i mean I, I think that really matters to players who are sitting at home watching the playoff but like okay so like let's say they don't get him and they just have uh somebody making like 10 million or something like that in that spot instead or amir johnson in that role i think they still make the second round probably of the playoffs and that's still bet that's basically what utah did and that's better than what miami did and boston's cap part of sheet would have been too. amazing here's another part of the Horford and also like yeah they may have had a great cap sheet but there's nobody else who was worth getting this year other than Gordon Hayward as well they got really the one guy who, who they realistically could have gotten and that's and, and I was kind of down well they could have we gotten went. a better value at center because the center market just died so they could have gotten Deadman or done an, any number of other things to to fill that role they wouldn't have been as good obviously at, at center but I think they I think that they've also moved away from it it's it's a challenge like there there's not a right or wrong answer on that point yeah, and Isaiah Thomas isn't averaging 28 a game if they don't have Al Horford. He really opens things up in that DHO game with his shooting, decision-making on short rolls, all that kind of stuff. Like He he really, as an ancillary offensive factor, was a big part of some of these guys. Avery Bradley having a nice year as well last year. So I, I think that that was a very good decision to sign him. I don't know what, other, what else they really could have done with that money. And we certainly saw that anybody who invested big money in guys lower in the free agent market got even worse for you i agree you know that contract maybe could get ugly by the end but and i kind of down on the idea of signing someone like horford earlier before the 20 off 2016 offseason began and then when i thought about it i was like hey you know this is part of this is the uh walk part of crawl walk run and now with hayward they're closer to running and i think also you know things didn't work out for them quite as well this offseason as we would have hoped we gave them a, a c minus for this year i did i think we both did actually uh we did. but i think they 
still were in excellent position coming in. He Horford was the first major free agent they signed. So I, I think that that signing has gone as well as you possibly could have hoped that it would have so far. I don't have too much opposition. I just don't think they got as much, you know, the present value just because they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. But you could argue with the Horford part. The other thing I yeah, want to mention. they lost in the first is, round the year before. I mean, they're uh, in the final four. Like, how is that not getting present value? Well, I, I just, how is that not getting present value? Because losing in five games, what should have been four games to the Cavs. I mean, yeah, that they did perform relative to our expectations relative to Cleveland. But I mean, I, I think that it's a little bit, a little bit rosy to say that last year that that's, that that's like totally meeting expectations or anything like that to get walloped by that and to almost lose in the first round. I mean, remember, if like, I, I don't necessarily agree with this, but they came close to losing in the first round this year. Yeah, that's true. And Isaiah was injured, of course. That yeah, was, of course. Yeah, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of other. But the other thing I wanted to talk about at least a little yeah. bit is how their draft looks now, other than Jalen. We already mentioned him. But so they drafted Zizic and Yabusele, neither of whom played for the Boston Celtics last year. I've seen more of Zizic, Zizic now than I had before. I was not super impressed though I think that's not a representative sample. Openly acknowledge that. And I don't love Yabusele. So I think that is part of the other reason I went slightly down from an A- to a B plus is just that those guys haven't proven it on that level. And also they got so little from Zeller. I understand why they made that signing, but just the value there wasn't wasn't legitimate. And then they ended up not being able to convert him into anything. Yeah, they might have been able to get someone who could help them. I mean, every moment that he played in the playoffs, it was a, a complete disaster. So they probably could have gotten someone who would have helped a, a little bit more there. I agree with you on Zizic and Yabusele. Uh, Abdel Nader, who they got in like the 50s last year, he's going to be a roster player this year. Impressed in Maine. That's a, a nice little benefit. Jackson and Ben Bentel are already no longer on the team. That's fine. That This is a team that has a lot of a lot of good players and not a lot of roster spots so uh, i gave them an a minus initially i would stick with that a minus brooklyn this is i mean it's such a it's such a weird one because of what they did and how it how the impact had so the main the main elements of their offseason were they signed jeremy lynn grievous vasquez and then some other kind of like trevor booker type guys like kind of on the veteran scale they also traded thaddeus young for number 20 took karis lavert and then they drafted isaiah whitehead in the second round i gave them a d on the the logic that I didn't think they did much to build their asset base for the long term. You know, I, I didn't love Levert as a prospect. He was injured at the time. And Lynn, while he was a, well, a talented player on a great contract, he was basically kind of like a two and done in that way, where it was just, you know, he helps you now and then he, then he's just gone. We'll I, see. He could he could opt in. We'll see. I mean, he could. as he you could. mentioned, the point guard market, not that great, especially if he suffers injury problems this year. Yeah. So I, so I was negative on it. And I think that they it looks better now and a big reason why is just that Karis Levert was showed more and was better than I thought he was going to be so I moved it up from a D to a C and Thaddeus Young for 20 like I'm still fine with that it was just who they took and I'm more okay with who they took yeah Kenny Atkinson also they hired he looks like they got a lot of threes up I like his approach some of the guys they've had have developed reasonably well Zach Lowe just had an article about how their culture is good and Zach's not a total bullshitter on that type of stuff so I think that that can be relied upon uh so i thought the the young trade w- was a good one it looks better now as you mentioned uh they did have these two offer sheets that they made that to tyler johnson and alan crab that if matched probably would have been pretty ugly and they're lucky that they did get matched or some if not matched would have been pretty ugly they're lucky that they did get matched of course they hadn't traded for crab but the, that's not part of this discussion here and they uh, got him I, theoretically at a cheaper price because they added nicholson to it yeah 
we mentioned that not re-signing Willie Reed was a little odd maybe that was more of this culture thing because you hear some odd things about him on occasion uh Justin Hamilton who they signed we liked a little bit didn't really work out very well he ended up getting traded away and stretched by Toronto but they did avoid bad contracts that's really what enabled and still remember just at this point Sean Marks had just come in right I mean now after a while of this it seems like oh yeah this has been their strategy the whole time is that they're going to leave space open they're going to take on bad contracts but we didn't know that at the time they, we, this was the first offseason that Marks had been in control and they very easily could have gotten the all right we'll just draft the, or, or sign the best veteran we can overpay and just hey we don't have our draft picks so we might as well try to be good and instead they really began this strategy of trying to pick up assets which they kind of ruined with crab i think but or, or if not ruined hurt but no so so i think this looks their offseason looks better again this is one of those teams that didn't give out long bad contracts and therefore i'm going to upgrade them from a c to a b well i would add in trevor booker i don't think that contract looks particularly good no. it's not devastating but it's still not good i mean giving yeah. him nine I mean, million they just they could have done something else. someone sure they just needed someone there to, but but you're right and now they're playing ronde as uh, the starting power forward basically because booker is not that good and that wasn't a surprise i agree i, I didn't really care for that one they might have been able to do better there and then, and then lynn i mean they played pretty well when he was out there right like so and i also noted that they were set up to where they needed to trade brooke lopez they finally did that getting d'angelo russell uh, which i think looks okay and just to not give out any horrendous contracts i, I think was big and yeah. then and, this, and this summer set the stage for that nicholson trade you really liked also it did and the vasquez deal you know that was basically ended up being dead money but i i think that it's it wasn't that big a contract and the theory of it was okay even though he was he ended up being perpetually injured charlotte we gave them a c minus this is one of the ones one of the things that we liked was Nikola Batum getting him for five years, 120 million, which is about 30 million less than the max. We lauded that contract at the time, but it actually doesn't really look that good now. Batum had an extremely disappointing year. They did pay him for the career year, but remember they were in the playoffs. They had been the five seed the year before and they felt like they needed to retain that team. So the idea of like not offering him that much was never realistic. And he certainly had plenty of other suitors. You know, Dallas offered him four, for 113 for example and he decided to go back to charlotte instead we did criticize them for not making that a descending contract because they had his capital they could have paid whatever wanted but he would then be making more this year and they would be even even more issues with the tax this year and that's probably part of why they didn't do that maybe so, then they uh, wouldn't have traded for miles plumley yeah yeah uh the bellinelli trade trading for him for number 22 was terrible they got very little out of him he's already not on the team anymore uh marvin williams may have actually been a little bit of a discount over what he could have gotten on the open market uh but four years 54 million for him he had a disappointing year last year and that's gonna be a bad contract by the end we realized that as well we actually liked roy hibbert for one year five million but that didn't really work out he didn't even finish the season on the team well yeah so so they did kind of beyond the bellinelli marvin and Batum part of it. They swapped out Jeremy Lin, Courtney Lee, and Al Jefferson for Sessions, Bellinelli, and Hibbert. All three of the replacements are gone now. Two of them left, you know, for nothing. Then the other Bellinelli was included in the Dwight Howard trade. And not any none of them really produced that much value. I mean Bellinelli had a couple of moments, but really they went in other ways with their rotation. And while Courtney Lee and Al Jefferson got contracts that they shouldn't have matched, like it was right to not to not get in the bidding with them, it, it kind of goes in that direction. So I 
I actually had given them a B minus last year and lowered it to a C minus, partially because the Batum contract looks worse, partially also because there were legitimate players around at 22. Like they got Bellinelli, Scal was among the guys that was still there. He would really help them right now just as a piece of cost controlled young talent and having him for he would have had three more years on the rookie yeah, scale. Someone with some fucking upside on this team. I mean, they're just like they're gonna be in the playoffs this year, but I mean it's it's just they have no star potential on this squad at all. Yeah. So the, so that would have been useful. And so Batum now has four years, ninety nine million left. That doesn't look great. Marvin has three forty two. So those aren't I, I think those look worse now. I, I maybe I should even go lower than C minus, but I'm gonna stick with that for now. Yeah, I gave them a C minus. I probably lower that into the D plus range, maybe even a, a D range. Um I actually thought that one thing I was critical of was they actually could have retained Courtney Lee, but maybe, you know, again there was the eventual tax issues that prevented them from doing that. I think Lee on his contract is still not terrible if he's on a good team. You know, he just didn't really make a ton of sense for the Knicks. Uh and this is a they're they're already getting a bunch of guys who are better now than they will be two years from now. So what's one more if that's a you're, you're already in that situation? Uh but I mean, you know if they're they able had to... him instead of Bellinelli last year, they'd probably make the playoffs. Maybe, maybe. I mean, and also, I guess we should note this too. Hibbert, yeah, only one year. Seemed like a good value play, but not a great fit. And then the fact that they weren't able to get an adequate backup at center really killed them. I mean, they were 3-17 and 17 in games that Cody Zeller didn't play. And that certainly contributed to them not making the playoffs, failing to get an adequate option. So I think, thinking about all, the more I think about that, I probably would go with a D. I mean, like, this is a team that made all of their moves to try and maintain where they were with some negative consequences in the future but they didn't even accomplish the idea of maintaining where they were they were well out of the playoffs uh, as a result so you've mentioned this with charlotte before but this is another great illustration of how the luxury tax affects smaller market teams more more because if they had if, if the tax was less punitive or just was differently structured they would have kept that team closer together yeah courtney lee probably would still be on the team you know etc uh chicago we gave them or i i shouldn't say we i gave them a D minus and I mean I, I think I probably would downgrade that even further I gave them an F plus I would go to an F because so <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the uh the the what I I wrote that they they created a Frankenstein's monster of a team and and that could actively antagonize their best player for no good reason that was my first sentence of, of my write-up last year yep that worked out pretty well I mean Wade giving him multiple years while giving him the player option which he ended up taking I like the rose trade well and also remember wade fell into their laps they had nothing right they were just lucky that he came and he wade helped them last year to some sure. degree but had an overrated season but and uh, it's not I like mean, they were going to use all that money this year anyway like yeah it's on it's they're paying him a lot of money but considering the way that they handled the rest of their offseason they weren't just sitting there chomping at the bit to to pay a lot of money to someone else so well i, I think it's very interesting i want to spend most of our time with them on the rose trade here uh, i didn't care for it uh and I noted that especially with what came after. Now, remember also to sign Wade, they had already taken on Calderon and then they had to give up two second rounders to dump Calderon and they gave up Mike Dunleavy for nothing, who still had some modicum of value at that time. Uh, he, he had a bad year and, and now is unsigned, but someone who in that market one year, 5 million was someone that had started previously and no one knew where he was going to be at. So they gave up some real stuff to create space for Wade. Uh, that's the Calderon contract is something that defenders of the Rose trade for Chicago never talk about that they just had to take on 7.7 million in completely dead money 
to move Rose. And Lopez, he gave them, I'll admit that he gave them a better year than I could have expected. Maybe they don't even make the playoffs without him. He played well at times in that playoff series, although ultimately, as I predicted, his defensive limitations were a big part of why they ended up not being able to guard Isaiah Thomas down the end of that series. Uh, He wasn't the reason they lost that series, but certainly was part of it. Uh, Rondo was awful nearly all year. He had two good weeks and then two good games in the playoffs, but then got hurt, which he didn't have the greatest health record either. Um, but back to the Rose thing, again, they took on Lopez and Lopez is, I would say is a slight negative asset right now, given where the center market is. He's got two years left. doesn't make sense for where they are now. And another rationale of the Rose trade was, oh, well, you know, he just doesn't fit with Butler and now Butler isn't on the team either. And they just could have gotten just, I, I said, Hey, you know what? Like, and, and Rose would have been better at point guard than any of the guys that they had last year. They could have gone for another budget option at center. I think they actually could could have would have been better last year uh i mean rose ended up not being healthy at the end of the season which didn't help but for the time during the season that he was healthy they probably would have been better just because every other point guard option they had was so horrendous uh so i i think and and then maybe they don't do the wade signing which to me didn't really work out um well, and, and something else to remember here is that if they had rose they probably wouldn't have done their other escapades to get point guards including one thing that happened during the offseason but not during the time that we had for graded which was the mcw for for tony snell trade which was another oh, disaster God. yeah that, that was, was this offseason so like maybe they don't do that trade maybe they don't try to get cameron Payne and basically misuse assets in that oh, deal God, yeah and so and, uh, like, and, and and jerry and grant who supposedly was like a big part of that trade was terrible and he's you know he's like four point guard of the future is a go already for them now and then remember also that they drafted denzel valentine right over wancho who we both love and there were numerous other guys i just don't think denzel valentine is particularly good and they were able to get out of mike dunleavy's situation which worked out reasonably well for them and paul zipser is a reasonable pick but you know zipser working out lopez being better than expected that's still not enough to drag this out of f range also part of the sell on wade was oh yeah he'll help us get 2017 free agents yeah that worked out uh, hey, they got Justin Holiday back, man. Yeah, so I gave him a D minus. I I will go back to the straight F range as well here. Cleveland Cavaliers. They had so they had just won the championship. They had a, a challenging offseason, partially because some of their players who are contributors but not huge contributors were very desirable on the market. Delvadova and Mozgov. They let them go, but they were able to structure the Delvadova deal as a sign and trade to add in Mike Dunleavy. So that worked out reasonably well. And since it was a sign and trade out, they didn't have to worry about getting hard cap because they couldn't have been hard cap they bought a pick and drafted k felder and then the move that i hated at the time and dislike maybe more now it's about the same was using a part of their taxpayer mid-level to bring back richard jefferson as opposed to signing him for the minimum because they just didn't have enough athleticism on the perimeter and that ended up burning them in the nba finals yeah they did still have a trade exception which they used to good effect later on uh they we criticized them for not getting a backup point guard they didn't have one and certainly that that was something that irked LeBron James, but they eventually got a quality option there in the buyout market. That was a good idea. They're able to get Corver with by keeping that trade exception dry. Wouldn't have been the guy that I targeted with a first round well, pick, but he did help yeah. them in the regular season and, and in the playoffs until really they got to the finals. Well, and then the other thing we should mention that happened outside the purview, because um, I gave them an incomplete slash D, was that J.R. Smith hadn't signed yet, and his contract looked pr- looks pretty good. I mean, so he has another three years, $44 million if they pay out the full thing, but the final year is only partially guaranteed for about $3.9 million. 
Yeah, Smith had a disappointing year in part because he, he had that injury. And then, but I mean, he had a really nice finals. And, and still, I mean, he's a guy who has a ton of gravity. Teams are pretty terrified of leaving him. Didn't really defend at the level that he had the previous year. And he's getting older. But considering what the market was and the fact that they needed him and had no way to replace him, I think to only basically have to do three years there, I think was uh, a pretty decent job of bargaining by since departed general manager david griffin so uh, i gave him a c plus at the time and i think I, I would stick right about there i mean they got back to the finals they didn't really challenge the warriors very hard they maybe could have done more but and dunleavy ended up being a complete disaster and actually i i apologize i don't think they used the trade exception to get corver or maybe they i think they generated a new one actually uh by keeping that dry when they got corver and then sent away dunleavy in any event uh i, I like their cap management not re-signing delavadova looks fine at this point with the contract that he got not not matching on, on his contract from the Bucks was probably the right move so yeah still sticking with that C plus and I'm still sticking with my D we disagreed then we disagree now just because I thought they weren't as aggressive at attacking the team that they knew they had to face and Kevin Durant was a constraint for them they knew that on July 4th like that was something before they made all of their other moves and they didn't even really make any upside plays I mean Dunleavy flamed out but even if that had worked it still wasn't going to be good against the Warriors Richard Jefferson right. but we don't, we don't really need to, to spend too much time relitigating that. Instead, we can move on to the Detroit Pistons. So what the Pistons did was they're one of these teams, we talked about this in the first half, where they had cap space temporarily before the new CBA changed the rules in terms of cap holds for rookies. And so they had Drummond that they knew they were going to have to but, resign. But can I interrupt you for a second? I mean, you always talk about this. It really is not that much of an increase, except for maybe like you the, know, the top two or three picks. Yeah, But Drummond was number nine so i don't know that that really i mean it's still it still is very useful to have these guys it's not like that tactic has like completely gone away well and it also happened that some of the guys in that range for 20 for the year uh, 2014 which is the first year that that this will be in effect the guys taken in that range just aren't as good at this point so you so you have that different points like drummond you know we he was pretty much considered a max player at the time and so there wasn't that issue you know when you look at that range this year it's more like aaron gordon and those type of guys and Certainly Gordon has potential, but he's not where Drummond is or was. And so what Detroit did was they had that constraint where they knew, okay, we're going to have to go over it. So they're like, basically, we have this cap space now. They signed Boban, John Lure, Nish Smith, all to long contracts, and the length is going to matter here. They also drafted Henry Ellenson in the lottery, lost Anthony Tolliver, who they have since brought back, dumped Jody Meeks, that worked out. And then the move that I had completely forgotten about, but they traded Spencer Dinwiddie for Cameron Bairstow. It's like, oops, like that, he, he was, I think there was some issue with guarantees or anything like that but then would you know he's an nba player cameron barristow is not yeah um lure four years 42 million he started most of the year he was adequate i still think that that contract is only going to get worse Uh, ish smith i hated at the time he actually was starting for a lot of the year and played better they actually were better with him out there than reggie jackson although reggie of course struggled with that 10 and 90s but that contract actually doesn't look that bad like because we said hey you spent too much money not sure if you solved the problem at least for one year he's got a lot of limitations of course but smith played as well as could be hoped boban we thought was okay didn't play much that was kind of the plan that they're gonna let aaron baines move on we'll see this year whether he can give them much signs 
don't point to that necessarily happening and then drummond they were always going to give him that max contract he would have gotten max offers elsewhere and we have to remember of course where they were having made the playoffs i think a lot of us thought they would be in the playoffs again this year they had one of the more disappointing seasons in the league last year ellenson still looks bad i ended up giving them a d plus and lure ish boban i mean those are guys none of them are really like needle movers you know you don't they spent a ton of money to not get starters and i think that if they had just either gone with shorter contracts and just tried to chill out a little bit now they they were up against the tax this year as a result tom gore said at the time he would pay the tax for a good team then they're not a good team and now they lost kcp as a result of that and a lot of the seeds for that were planted but i think i would probably just maybe move from a d plus to a d if only because ish turned out a little bit better than i i thought it would and and maybe even you could say lure did too at least for the first year and i I mean obviously i I mean i'm downgrading them but i would have downgraded them a lot more if i hadn't you know been maybe a little too pessimistic at least for the first year about those signings i had originally i was more optimistic i gave them a a c minus just because i thought they got better but that they didn't necessarily address all of their flaws ish smith was better than expected i'm moving it down to a d minus just because they still owe so much money 44 million left for lure and boban combined that's a ton of money for two guys that you know maybe lure is going to start but it depends with what they do with tobias harris what they do with stanley johnson and ellenson just doesn't do a whole lot for them you know he's superfluous at that point you know 18 he wasn't in the lottery i should correct myself he wasn't in the lottery he was shortly after that you know i'm lower on him than most but you know it's it's you picking at 18 you're not usually going to pick a superstar so i i went with a d minus but it it's not it's not horrendous it's just really unfortunate like a lot of things broke against them and some of that could have been anticipated and some of it was just bad luck Indiana gave them a D at the time, liked the move of number 24, Thaddeus Young. I thought that they needed a better defensive option at backup center behind Miles Turner, although I thought that that should maybe be Cole Aldridge, who maybe would have played better in a larger role in Minnesota. It was kind of tough for him trying to play with Chris Dunn and another big next to him. Al Jefferson wasn't a huge fan of that. He played extremely poorly. They played extremely poorly with him on the court, and then he spent, he was injured at the end of the year. We didn't really like the Hill Fortigue trade. In retrospect, that probably maybe turned out a little better just because Teague stayed healthier. Uh, we thought that Teague was too old to extend, so they really, you know, he was a flight risk. Maybe Hill was as well, but you know, it, it depends. I mean, in the playoffs, they might have been better with a healthy George Hill, and I think the way that Hill actually played in Utah when he was healthy to me validated a lot of the criticisms that we had. This idea that oh, we need more scoring, we need more creation. Like Hill actually could. Provide provide some of that didn't really care for Aaron Brooks I have the comment that who on this team can pass or shoot and that was certainly both of those were big issues for them I also noted that they're playing like we're doing player evaluation from 1995 I thought that that also held true throughout the year and also I uh, my suggestion was that they had held on to Hill do the young trade and then if they tried to get another wing or a combo forward that that would have worked out better I mean they could have just played like Lavoy Allen at backup center he ended up being the best of the those backup center options that they had or, or Kavin Serafin who they didn't 
pay much for like that and that Jefferson contract is looking like you know pretty much dead money at this point and then they downgraded a coach with McMillan we thought that was a downgrade that turned out to be the case their defense took a massive step back last year yeah I'd given them a D then I moved it down to an F plus you know Hill for Teague you know because Teague played more you know it wasn't disastrous in season it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be they ended up losing him for nothing Jefferson's a bad contract the other big mistake that they made and it might have been just that it wasn't possible you know we're not privy to all these negotiations was they spent so much of their cap space that they lost the opportunity to renegotiate and extend Paul George which they maybe I, I maybe he just wouldn't have done it but having that door open would have been useful if he were if he were amenable to because then basically you address the issue of the designated player thing which ended up coming to fruition you end up addressing that ahead of time by just giving him more money yeah I mean I, I to not sign someone like Jefferson and then to either be able to renegotiate and extend George or take on a bad contract or something or, or extract some assets that maybe would have been better and obviously now George is gone they did not do enough to convince him to stay and I like there was they could have gotten into I think with a better off season I mean maybe that still would have been enough to convince George to stay but they could have gotten into to me the top four seeds in the East been right around 50 wins if they had just I think held on to Vogel who still at least would have made their defense be better held on to Hill who might have helped there too and then maybe gotten one more wing player some I'm not sure that would have been but maybe somebody who could have just given them a little bit of something and then maybe you know they still would have improved their offense a little bit with, with getting young and then would have gotten better defensively like that was really the low-hanging fruit was getting better defensively if they could have stayed you know a top 10 defense that probably would have been close to a 50 win team and instead i think the moves that they made didn't work out and the fact that hill wasn't healthy and teague was maybe saves us a little bit but they didn't know that at the time and and hill was better than teague last year when he was healthy so i would probably stick with this d and if i were going to do anything i would have downgraded it a little bit ready to move on to miami yeah what did you you what did you give them and i went from a d uh, to an f plus miami what did you give them initially i initially gave them a c minus uh the way Wade's situation was so challenging for them because, you know, valued player who had been such an integral part of their franchise. And but there was a real challenge there because he wanted more money than they were willing to give him. And so I gave them a C minus and then I, I upgraded it actually um, so post after the fact. I forgot that I wrote this in. I changed it to a C plus when they signed Dion Waiters because I thought that was a really good signing for them. But to summarize what they did in the offseason, they lost Dwayne Wade. They re-signed Whiteside, matched on Tyler Johnson lost Joe Johnson, Walt Dang, Gerald Green, and Amari Stoudemire, but added Waiters, Willie Reed, Wayne Ellington, James Johnson, Luke Babbitt. What do we think of the Tyler Johnson match at this point? I think that his contract is it's a net negative but not a huge one and it's actually less valuable for Miami because Josh Richardson looks like a player you know like having somebody like Tyler Johnson is valuable but when you have Josh Richardson having Tyler Johnson is less valuable because he's superfluous so it's it's not terrible but yeah I think they'd rather not have him than have him right now especially considering what they dealt with this summer this is something actually that Zach Lowe and I can't remember who we're talking about might have been Windhorst where you make a decision like this and yeah you know it's not bad at a vacuum you could say hey you know what in 2018 2019 they got all these other guys they weren't gonna have cap space anyway so what does it matter that he goes up to 18 and 19 million that year by the way they changed it in the new cba miami almost certainly you would have thought would have won uh, maybe not though actually because they're always trying to use 2017 space but the when you matched on an arena software the first two years were limited and then it would go up a lot higher now if you're the matching team you have 
have the option to spread that cap hit the same way you do as the offering team and just average it over the whole contract so just 12 million a year for each year might have been more palatable but at least this year they were able to have cap space but of course the fact that he jumps up by 13 million dollars next year 14 million dollars that has impacted their planning over this entire period right like they're like hey you know what james johnson and waiters and oh we got to get Olenek now we damn well better sign those guys and we damn well better sign them to four-year deals because Tyler Johnson eats up an extra 13 million of our cap space next year we're not gonna have cap space now we got to use it now you know so the fact that they matched on him has really driven so much of what's happened since then. It forced them to fall back more aggressively than they would have otherwise. You know, I think if if they didn't have Johnson on the books, or even maybe if it was flat, if once Gordon Hayward said no, they might have just kind of gone with a more casual approach and said, hey, we're going to do the same thing we did in 2016 again, try to find value contracts, try to build this back up, give it another go and see see where it is at that point. But it made it so much easier for Pat Riley to just go, well, this is as good as we're going to do. And then overpay a bunch of those guys. But at the same point, the identification of all of the filling out of the roster is awfully impressive. I mean, waiters thrived in their system. Wayne Ellington had a nice year. Picking two kind of more corpulent guys and saying, hey, this is low hanging fruit for us. We're going to get these dudes in shape and they're going to have the best years of their career. I mean, I like people were like, oh, I never would have thought that James Johnson was too fat. I was saying that he was too fat. He was in the 2016 playoffs. Yeah, he he definitely was. uh, and, And even waiters you know both of those guys just kind of have those body types so uh, to be able to identify them as guys that hey we can really get them into better shape and make them better players that was solid Willie Reed worked out well for them although he's now gone he provided quality backup center minutes and you know remember at this time too there was thought that Chris Bosch actually would return and uh Miami I said at the time like if Bosch plays 70 games I think they'll be better than Chicago with Wade I think they were better than Chicago anyway it's just Chicago got lost luckier in terms of point differential last year and made the playoffs Miami did not and actually Miami might have still made it if teams like Brooklyn and and a bunch of others hadn't just like sat a bunch of dudes out at the end of the year although I guess Miami also benefited from LeBron not playing on that well and Miami also had some bad health luck with waiters getting hurt and Chicago I would say they had Richardson sprained his MCL Winslow missed nearly the entire season it was a lost season for him so no, I think they could have been a lot better. So I would probably upgrade them for a C plus. I mean, and also like wet letting Wade go looks bad for the organization so what like they got decent free agents they were still in the mix for Hayward like this whole all like you can't let him go like people are gonna the Miami's name is gonna be mud yeah well when you make everyone who goes there look awesome you can overcome that very easily so allowing Wade to leave was absolutely the right decision and so I said a C plus at the time I would bump them up to like a B plus yeah I bumped them from a C minus or a C minus C plus I've raised it after waiters to a B plus as well uh something I wanted to discuss is how do we feel about the Whiteside deal now. So Whiteside, his remaining contract is two years, $49 million, and then a $27 million player option for a third year. Yeah, and he's 28 now, so you, this is what he is, almost certainly. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a negative value right now, probably, especially with the way the league is going on centers, but I still think that they had to pay that to retain him. 
they also remember they thought that Bosch was potentially coming back. They when they matched on him, they thought that they would get Wade to come back. They thought that they had this team that was you know could be a contendery in the Eastern Conference, and because of, of the Bosch issue that and that didn't turn out to be the case. But then they actually ended up being pretty good, and he was he was part of that. So I I mean while the contract itself may not be fantastic, you know he's probably, he probably fails the Nene test right now, but the decision to me is one that still would you would have made back at the time even knowing what we know now i have no opposition to that i think that's a reasonable way of putting it ready to move on to the bucks yes uh i gave them a c minus initially we noted that the plumley trade was terrible uh, we did say however that they would be better this year they addressed some clear weaknesses such as uh, at point guard and then throwing in that carter williams for snell trade was fantastic just getting a starter basically for nothing uh and then now he's going to be on the team for another four years at a, a reasonable contract uh we liked i i at least liked the thon pick that was looking much better now than it had uh but uh, my last comment was you know delhi they or, or i'll say this for to delhi i we, i know that they didn't overpay for him too badly in the same with Teletovich, but I hated them killing 2017 flexibility. And my last note was this is the exact type of team that should have sat out this overheated market. Yeah, I, I originally gave them a D minus because I hated their signing so much because just the idea of sacrificing and the Plumlee deal was a big part of that. And remember the MCW for Snell move hadn't happened yet. Like, but like how fucked would they be if Plumlee was still on this roster? Like they pulled some Jedi mind trick to get out of that. You know, I guess guess Plumlee like every time you trade for him comes with a get out of jail free card after six months but I mean they didn't do anything because of the tax other than re-sign Snell this year if they're not willing to sign the tax where would they have been when Monroe opted in and they still had Plumlee I mean they they have Hawes now so but they would still have an extra six million of bad money on the books and, and then and then that next would continue year when, on when, oh, yeah for two also more we should mention we should mention that they signed Giannis Anacumpo which had not happened as of this time to a contract of about two million dollars per year less than the max but only four years i was critical of that decision at the time i would have said hey get the guy under contract for five years he blew up i still think that they probably would have wanted to have him for five years even now but the fact that they can give him the designated player veteran extension at least helps mitigate that risk a little bit but i think i still would rather just have him for five years yeah you'd rather have him locked up he's still so young and so for me my grade went from a d minus to a b plus mostly because of the draft thon i liked but didn't love he oh yeah we didn't even mention good. brogdon and that's exactly brogdon. where i was gonna he go was the fucking rookie of the year yeah. yeah malcolm brogdon second round pick i didn't know much about him coming out of virginia he was excellent he ended up basically he kind of replaced del Vidova's spot and totally delivered in that has a team-friendly contract and he also like his emergence has made some of these other mistakes a lot more palatable because if they didn't have him then they would be answering some stickier thornier questions than they are now and he's cheap for a long time. So good on them for that. They lost Jared Bayless and Grievous Vasquez. Nobody cares. Not a big deal at all for them. So yeah, I mean, this works. This worked out better for them than I expected, but some of that probably shouldn't go into their offseason grade because the Plumlee contract was still terrible. So I'm giving them a B plus. I think anything from a B to an A minus is fair, just depending on how you weight certain elements of this. I think that just in retrospect, because Giannis is really this good, which we didn't know at the time. I mean, he, he was very close and most improved. Did he win most improved player? Who even won most improved player? I believe he won it. Yeah. And was deserving there. 
But now that he's this good, lowering the ceiling of this team, which they definitely did, even with these nice draft picks, it was just some, some of those signings, short-sighted signings that really destroyed their flexibility. I mean, think of like where this team could have had a ton of space in 2017 if they'd just been a little bit more disciplined than they were. And I mean, especially the plumbing trade. I mean, I just can't believe it. And they're still paying Hawes, obviously, for this year as a result of that. Um I'll upgrade it from a C minus to a C just because Brogdon and Thon Thon were, were that good. But I mean, could you just imagine where they could be if they had Thon and Brogdon and Giannis and Parker and Middleton? I mean, making that's like a whole starting team. I mean, Parker obviously got hurt, but making you know a combined what thirty million or something like that. Well, I guess Giannis's extension would have kicked in. So well, um, and and John Henson's money and Monroe's money and some of the other stuff like they wouldn't. Right, right, yeah. I mean, they, they, I'm not saying they would have been totally bare, but the the core of their team would have been would have been cheap yeah, that, yeah that's they, fair. They, they would have they, they could have i think had max space i i don't remember exactly but it would have been ben thompson actually wrote like a long post about this and, and what a missed opportunity that was and i agree so i'll upgrade them from a c minus to a c i already thought the thon pick was really good he's looked a little better than i expected him to be but not that much better and obviously brogdon too but brogdon is probably overrated right now like he's i think he'll be kind of a borderline starting player starting point guard type of player going forward i don't think of him as like a true difference maker even though obviously getting that type of production that low is good it's it's not enough to move the needle that much for me when you consider you know what the opportunity cost of all those bad contracts they entered into was oh oh we forgot to mention one of our favorite things that they sold the pick that became patrick mccaw yeah that was bad yeah i mean if they had another cost controlled another cost controlled player i don't know if they liked mccaw if they would have taken him with that spot had they not sold the pick but yeah i mean he would have been he would have been useful for them moving forward as they have all these expensive guys on their team he probably wouldn't have played that much considering they got snell and everything else but still it's always good to have talented players on team-friendly contracts speaking of talented players on team-friendly contracts the new york knicks oh man okay can i just read you so this was my response not what i wrote then but this was my response now i just wrote how the shit did i not give this an f like i gave them a d and i'm i'm just still struggling with how that happened I guess it was the Rose trade because I, I thought that he would help them and at least they didn't spend long-term money on a point guard. But now I kind of wish they had. Yeah, I gave them a D plus and I said that I really liked the Rose trade. I do think they're better off still for having gotten rid of that long-term money with Lopez just in a vacuum. But then, of course, the Noah contract, even worse than we thought it would be. And, you know, worst contract in the league, even worse than Mozgov. I would hope that they would have just gone with a younger, more stopgap center committed to playing KP at center and, and gone for more of just a, a cheaper guy. There are just so many cheap centers around. Uh, I thought Courtney Lee was like, OK, we thought that Brandon Jennings was great. That wasn't really the case at all. Kuzminskis, for the room exception, was solid. We noted that KP will be marginalized. That kind of was the case. I think he could have stepped forward even more, maybe as, as a potential superstar we said that they did get better for this year in fact they did not really as it turned out um we really didn't like that they lost langston galloway uh they could have matched his deal with new orleans and that they should have so uh, that looks a little bit better galloway hasn't done much uh, since then and we just we uh, the big problem that we had was that they really impacted their space for 2018 and 2019 and the lance thomas contract doesn't look great either but that is fully non-guaranteed i think on the the last season of it, it they used the full early bird rights there was i think four years and uh about 28 million dollars but the last year as we mentioned non-guaranteed and then my last note was that hornacek was a better coach than i expected them to get but will they play the triangle 
Well, for one season, but I, I think part of why this bothered me so much and why I was surprised that I gave it a straight D is because it wasn't a team that made sense around Kristaps Porzingis. It was more of a stopgap, impatient type deal. And we knew Porzingis was going to be a talent. And they got all these guys that didn't really make sense, not only with his skill set, but with his timeline. And they were they were impatient. And even the contracts that were more reasonable at the time, I think they look worse. I think Lee looks worse now yeah. than I thought it did. Thomas looks worse than it did. Giving a Roster spot to Sasha Vujicic is just a disaster. Like the the lack of upside plays on this roster. I mean, really, the thing they did with that was Ron Baker, but they only gave Ron Baker a one year contract, so then they had to pay yeah, him. Why too the much hell money wouldn't they? I mean, I mean, maybe he just wouldn't sign there otherwise. But I mean, why not just give him two years guaranteed at the minimum or something like? He was undrafted. Uh, if you really liked him that much, I mean, what I the big thing I said at the time was. I actually would have thought they did pretty well if they just done everything that they did and then just not signed Joakim Noah. Uh, but, and as it turned out, you know, Hernan Gomez, who they drafted the previous year, but they signed to, so that probably really more belongs in 2015, uh, but signed him to a four-year minimum contract, essentially, or close to it. He looks great there. But and, and the Rose trade would have made much more sense if you're like, all right, you know, we're going to sit out a little bit here in 2016 and just stuck to the plan. I mean, remember 2015, Phil Jackson was like, all right, you know, pretty reasonable contracts here. Aflalo, we got some flexibility there. Lopez, we're not going to break the bank for him. Solid starting center. But, you know, we're going to I mean, to make that Rose trade and then get Noah is what killed everything about it. The Rose trade to me made sense if you were going to say, hey, we're going to continue building, not spending too much money and then maybe. Maybe, you know, once Porzingis is kind of ready to go, we could have had a lot more money in, in 2018 and 2019 or 2017. And now, of course, they are quite impacted for those years. So I gave him a D plus at the time. And, you know, I would downgrade that now to like an F plus. Noah's still the worst contract in the league, right? That's correct. Yeah. I mean, to me, that makes it a straight F. And it was a totally preventable, you know, it wasn't, they even had other centers. Like, I mean, they didn't have anybody as good as Noah, but Kyle O'Quinn, Hernan Gomez, like they could have filled out their center rotation. And maybe if they wanted to take a flyer on somebody for a couple million for the opportunity to shine in the bright lights, kind of like the Ed Davis contract that the Lakers gave him, not the Ed Davis Blazers contract that that they could have done something like that. Yeah. We're talking about how on the Patreon mailbag podcast, which you can subscribe to patreon.com slash Duncan LaRue, someone asked us about centers, and I really think paying big money for centers who aren't really firmly in the upper echelon of starters who are really quality two-way players at center really doesn't make much sense because I think the difference between the 40th best center in the league and the 20th best center in the league has never been smaller. And I think it's only going to decrease because so many more, So many more players, like guys who used to be power forwards, can play center now on the second unit, right? Like Taj Gibson, for example, would be a perfectly adequate second unit center for you at this point so you just have so many more guys who can do that now getting a pure center doesn't really matter as much we don't need this behemoth who can like battle in the post as often well that, that's that's about as good a lead-in as we're going to have to talk about the orlando magic the magic no actually a, a better lead-in would be this message from our friends at betterment that's true solid investing it would also have been good for the magic <laughs> 
<laughs> Betterment presents financial fact number 24. Not all financial advisors are required by law to act in your best interest. This means that if you're better off investing in company A, they may advise you to invest in company B because they may get a kickback from that transaction. A financial advisor that commits to providing advice in your best interest is called a fiduciary, and Betterment is a fiduciary. Betterment is the largest independent online financial advisor and promises to act in its customers' best interest. How? Betterment is built on technology to bring you sophisticated investing and financial advice that is constantly working to optimize your money and help you to reach your financial goals all to lower costs than more traditional financial services. If you like talking to a person, Betterment also offers calls with their team of CFP professionals and licensed financial experts regardless of what service you prefer you pay only a flat fee starting at 0.25 percent no additional charges for transactions transfers or rebalancing betterment off offers other special tools as well like tax impact preview allowing you to see the estimated effect any moves you make may have in your tax liability not all investment services tell you what your tax bill could be they make money from your transactions Betterment also has Smart Deposit, which allows you to automatically invest any funds above a certain balance in your bank account. It's a great time to get started with Betterment and save your retirement or other financial goals because Dunktown listeners can get up to one year with no management fees. Learn how at betterment.com slash capspace. That URL again, betterment.com slash capspace. Yeah, what'd you have for Orlando initially? Initially, I gave them a D minus. I liked the Fournier contract because he got less than the maximum and I was happy with the Biombo deal. And they had two uh, semi-value trades. Oh, the the Jody Meeks trade and the CJ Wilcox trade, not the Serge Ibaka trade, but then a lot of other disasters. I mean, Jeff Green was a, a, a weird rental for them. DJ Augustine is an underrated, one of the worst contracts in the league. And the Ibaka trade is just a disaster for them. And then remember that they were another team like Sacramento that cut a talented young player loose without a real good reason for it, just to be nice. And Deadman would have been a nice part of the rotation last year and moving forward. Remember how they had this plan after the offseason? They were all set up to play two traditional bigs. And then Aaron Gordon was going to be their Paul George. He was going to play the three and he was going to handle the ball a ton. We thought that plan was pretty dumb at the time. That's how it turned out to be. He's a four. Uh, Steven Zimmerman at, at number 41 last year, not even on the team anymore. He had those weird issues with his right hand and elbow. Uh, we noted that Ibaka made some sense in theory because they needed someone who could shoot the ball from the big positions, create space. Uh, but we noted that he was unlikely to stay. And in fact, because he was unlikely to stay, they traded him for far, far less than they gave up to get him. Uh, and we also finally noted that the whole offseason smacks of a regime worried about getting fired, which is unfair because scouts mess up their plans. But nonetheless, they did get fired because when you're worried about getting fired and you make moves because you're worried about getting fired, you get fired and you screw the team over for years to come and that's why i well actually unless you're dell dumps dell dumps is the one guy who's escaped that so far that's true so the the, i gave them a d minus at the time i moved it down to an f and that accounts for them making (laughs) why does the why is the east so bad i just i can't understand like why do we have this remember this conference imbalance i don't get it they made one of the biggest coaching upgrade Uh, no no sorry never mind i was thinking they went from Jacques vaughn to to fogo 
no, Skiles de Vogel is, you know, that's still more stable, but it's not as huge an upgrade as I was thinking. Um, yeah. But it's still, yeah, I mean, Vogel, yeah, I think, it, helps they went put them from, on his They went from Vogel's haircut to, or, or from the haircut that Vogel will have in 10 years to Vogel's haircut. <laughs> that's well, basically well said. what they did at Coach. And and also, remember, while we focus a lot on the Biombo deal really not working out, Evan Fournier's contract to me looks worse than it did then, too. Sure. And so I mean, he, like many of these ones are like, oh, it's a reasonable contract, five years, a 85 million that he could have gotten the max somewhere else you, you know they really it got him to take it but you know all right i mean it's fournier is he an average starter at, at the two maybe if you squint hard maybe he develops into that but yeah maybe he eventually gets there he's not there right now right yeah <sighs> yeah so I, I gave him that d plus initially i in part because i really liked vogel at coach vogel was not able to have the effect that we hoped that on their defense which really was a big reason that they disappointed i mean that d plus was contingent on me thinking hey you know this is a team that might get into the high 30s and wins maybe contend for a playoff spot they did not do that and so right i mean i think i would have to lower them to you know, maybe a d minus nah you know what f plus the abaca trade was just so fucking terrible yeah and oh, even- oh and also i i liked biombo at the time too so and that has, has looked turned yeah, out to that's be why i bad. went to a straight f it's like what of these things actually the only thing that worked was jeff green because he's gone now yeah that's i mean I, I, you're right i think when every single move that they made was a bad move other than maybe hiring vogel and letting andrew nicholson uh, go and, and, and that meeks trade you mentioned was terrible too he barely yeah. played like he had this foot issue he had to have like another surgery on his foot or, or at least missed a bunch of time like he didn't play they just took on six million in his money didn't get an asset at all and he didn't play all year like that wouldn't have taken a genius to predict that given where he was at the time so yeah no you're right it should just be enough thank you i, I i'm sorry straight off I, I apologize for giving them a, a, a lofty d minus because i mean they're, like they're they're franchise is just so mired right now and this had a a ton to do with it of course next up Philadelphia 76ers. I just want to read what I wrote then because I'm amused by it. So I gave them an A minus at the time and I said they nailed the draft and brought over Saric, but I cannot in good conscience give a team that signed Jared Bayless for three seasons a straight A. Yeah, I gave them a B because I thought Bayless was low-key a terrible contract and he didn't play it all this year due to the wrist injury. They don't deserve a demerit for that necessarily. Uh we like Gerald Henderson and Sergio Rodriguez on basically one-year deals. I thought Sergio disappointed a little bit. Henderson gave them what he was supposed to, but unfortunately his health problems kind of derailed things but they avoided being on the hook for those uh we thought that ben simmons didn't play at all we don't know whether that was a great pick or not but i i mean if i had to go back into it with all the rest of the guys who were drafted i still would pick him number one even completely sight unseen at this point uh luau cabarro showed something in his first year more so than a lot of guys drafted in his range cork Maz remains to be seen what we get from him Saric was probably better than some people thought he would, although I think he's kind of overrated right now. Uh, and we noted other than Bayless, I mean, and that's going to matter, like between having 20 million tied up right now between Amir Johnson and Jared Bayless, it seems like Colangelo has to do like one of these contracts. At least Amir Johnson's only one year. Uh, but uh, the, the Bayless, they've got got guys now like over the top of him. They don't even need him anymore already. Like that was just always kind of an asinine signing. Uh, but not feeling like, okay, we came in for Sam Hinkie. We got to radically depart from him and just sign a bunch of guys. Uh, I thought that worked out well. 
and so they didn't screw up their future flexibility they're able to make some more moves this year they didn't trade away any of their draft picks or anything so i thought that they did pretty well i would stick with that b that i gave them yeah, I'm dropping from an A- minus to a B plus just because I'm a little bit less sold on their draft than I was before. I was higher on TLC than you were. And so, you know, he, he showed something, but just, just not dis- enough. And- TLC disappointed to you? A little bit. Uh, I thought that he I was going to... 20 fourth pick like and he played some rotation minutes and didn't look like shit like how is that disappointing well i like i mean you're forgetting how much i love scal and that scal was still on the board and okay you know so those sorts of things like yeah he was he was the best guy and cork Maz, when we saw him in summer league i was i mean it's still early to say anything with him but i didn't i didn't love what i saw there so it's not it's not devastating i mean b plus considering the jared bayless contract isn't bad but the overall structure of it i mean got to give them credit like a lot of these teams for just if that's the worst thing you did like orlando would be killing if that was the worst thing they did like they would kill for that and so you have to appreciate elements of that and then the other thing that's hard to consider here is do how much credit do they get for bringing dario sarge over because that was a coup but it sounds like a big part of the reason he did that was just to fulfill his own commitment and he was drafted in a prior year yeah but nonetheless they got him to do that i mean if he think of how much he would have gotten i mean he waited one more year you saw how much bogdan bogdanovich got this year they probably would have had to pay him more than that if that's what the market is uh and it really is i mean he was number 12 pick a guy drafted higher than any of these guys we've seen wait three years and come over and then get paid so you know he could have been getting 10 million a year right now so and remember so he's on a four-year contract with restricted rights at the end of it yeah so it's even it's even better i mean and he's on he was on the old, on the old rookie scale it got bumped up a little bit because of how they changed everything but yeah i mean i i think that worked out incredibly well for them Toronto I gave a C minus two initially uh they really uh, we thought that did three main things they didn't do a ton they re-signed DeMar DeRozan for just slightly less than the max five years 141 million dollars and he's only 26 which was good uh he opted out there I said at the time I would have bitten the bullet and let him go and that was going to be a bad contract noting that he was 24th in shooting guards among RPM how are you feeling about the decision to re-sign him now uh he he obviously had a nice year I mean, at this point, DeRozan is that guy. I mean, he was an important part of their success last year. And I think that now they've committed to this group. And so the op- the upside they had was by really kind of trying to clear the deck and getting assets for other things. At this point, having him, other than that it pushes them closer to the luxury tax, it doesn't, it, like the, the amount of his contract doesn't really hurt them that much. And he's a good player. You know, he's an all-star, but not an all-NBA guy, in my opinion. And that's an okay place for him to be. Yeah, him making all-NBA was one of the selections that i did not agree with but he's probably and he's also just not a playoff type of player not a championship player has a lot of limitations when he doesn't have the ball in his hands we've discussed that quite a bit but considering that i mean they were obviously better in the regular season for having brought him back they're set up here to win you know high 40s low 50s maybe mid 40s over the next couple of years they don't do that if they retain him i'm not really sure what the path would have been without him especially now that they've re-signed lowry it makes more sense that they re-signed him as well and they're also of course coming off an eastern conference finals appearance at that point uh they got jared solinger with the mid-level which we actually liked at the time only one year he gave them absolutely zero and then but they he did provide provide salary ballast for them to use in the PJ Tucker trade later 
Um, well, and, and then, we should talk about their draft. Yeah. I mean, so in the yes, draft, yes. they they got Jakob Pertl, and that's working out better than I expected it to. I was I liked him, but I didn't love him. He's picked at nine. I mean, I think you'd rather have Thon at this point. But other than Thon, there were a lot of kind of it, it, there. There's some Boulevard of Broken Dreams going on there with Sabonis, Papianis, Denzel Valentine. So you have Torian Prince, who's pretty good. Thon Maker is pretty good. So yeah, you have that sort of a situation. Pascal Siakam, I was admittedly not super familiar with, but like at, at the time, I thought he had a pretty good rookie year so that worked out and then losing Biombo and Johnson I think that was okay you know it's it, it didn't yeah Amir Johnson yeah yeah and, well, no, and that, was, that was James that Johnson matter. you know Amir Johnson was yeah. the year before I believe oh thank you yeah that's right sorry yeah I, that's but so so yeah, those it, things so I I moved them up from a C minus to a B minus and the other thing that I considered here was that Fred Van Vliet ended up being a productive player who made the team and is now under contract for next year so he might end up being their backup point guard if DeLon Wright disappoints yeah the big reason I gave them a C minus was concerned about DeRozan and to the extent anyone reasonably could have expected he has dispelled those concerns so I think you had to move them up to maybe a C plus the Pirtle pick he's been exactly what I expected so far I think he's going to contribute he could be maybe even an average starting center but when you have a team that is a good team that has this random boon from the Andrea Bargnani trade at number nine. You got to go with the higher upside guy. To me, that would have been Thon Maker, Hernan Gomez, just someone who's not just like so mundane. And there's a 0% chance that Pirtle can become a star and some of the other guys below them. I think you just, to, to get even a small opportunity at that to where you can add really a high-end talent, I would have just gone in another direction just because of where they are as a franchise rather than just trying to get a solid contributor type, even if Pirtle has a higher floor than many other players drafted around him so i would go with the c plus rather than a c minus they obviously were worse last year than they were the year before despite all the trades that they made and but some of that was also lowry being hurt so true yeah but i mean but they still weren't any better against cleveland really than they were the year before even even before lowry got hurt again so anyway yeah slight upgrade there just because DeRozan has been better then the last team the washington wizards they had a notable offseason because they were they wanted to Kevin Durant he didn't give them the time of day they were very close on Al Horford ended up missing out there so then their their re-rebound was Jan Mahinmi that really didn't work out for last year though I am less cold on that contract long term than I think most people are and that will come up in the discussion though I still give them bad grade but then Andrew Nicholson absolute disaster Jason Smith bad but not as terrible as we credited bringing in Sadoransky who had been a prior year draft pick that worked out reasonably well and then they re-signed Bradley Beal I think that's reasonable you know it's not I it's kind of like the like the McCollum contract to the point where it's like yeah they're fine you know they're on that deal it was pretty much what where things were always going to be I had given them a B minus initially and I Oof. think really despite wait did you the say fact, B is in boy yeah B oh minus wow initially okay what this did you give them then. I give them a D plus yeah well you were you were a lot more right than I was um Mahimi I thought was the guy who was the best on the market at the time that they signed him after having to pivot from Al Horford, but Mahimi was injured all year. They probably had some indication that his knees were not great. I found that out later that that was kind of well known among some teams after I did that grade. Uh, now, I, I noted, of course, that this is a case where they had to spend the cash this year and 
also that maybe he could become the starter as Gortat aged out but Mahimi had a terrible year and then when he was on the floor against in that Boston series he was a big contributor to them losing that series he was horrendous in that game seven for example Sadoransky a little bit of a disappointment although I thought he could have been played more they actually weren't that bad when he was on the floor Trey Burke who we liked trading a second round pick for as a potential solution at backup point guard completely inadequate their bench sucked all year they uh signed Jason Smith who actually to uh a two plus one at five million a year we hated that one that actually turned out to maybe be the best of their offseason moves uh although that certainly is damning with faint praise so the big one was me I I really thought that Mahimi could help them and that Burke could be okay as a backup point guard that was completely wrong Burke's will, will probably be out of the league this year Mahimi we'll see maybe he can bounce back but last year was supposed to be the good year and he was injured all year so uh, I am I, I I am more skeptical of him going forward perhaps than you are at this point that's probably true like I I think that there's an outside shot that he can eventually supplant him also Mahimi's contract descends which is a vaguely good thing you know that's a little bit cheaper each year not much but a little bit and you know there's a Gortat there's always the chance that he declines so they have kind of a fallback there I think that the Beal contract looks fine now it's a full five no player yeah. options you on were it. critical of that initially right I was I thought that they I thought that they overcommitted and you know kind of I, I liked Beal more than Otto Porter but I didn't know that he was worth the full five I feel better about that now so I gave them I gave them a D plus before I'm giving them an F plus now partially because the Beal deal and because you know Jason Smith worked out better than expected but we should also take a second to talk about how absolutely horrendous the Andrew Nicholson contract was because that was one oh, that god was, yeah we thought that actually was okay too yeah and and that contract you know that became dead money within like two months and then was moved to they gave up a first as a part of moving that deal and then he was eventually then moved as dead money and is already well is in the process maybe of being stretched so that's that's remarkable for a long contract to be disastrous that quickly you i'm going back to a straight f i'm, I'm removing year. the plus yeah I, I think you probably would have to go go with an f plus if only because they uh got some uh, scott brooks we seemed like we thought he was kind of average and he i think really helped them actually I mean, yeah now at, i'm going back to a plus i forgot about scott brooks yeah he looked good helping bradley beal take a lot more threes and, and but it's important and people might be like hey you know they're one they're out of the playoffs the year before they won got the four seed last year won like 47 48 games or whatever it was 49 games you know how can you be giving them a bad grade well because the guys on the roster were the ones who pushed that all of their new guys killed them and now they're up against the tax because of those signs they have no flexibility like if they had just done absolutely nothing they probably would have been better off or just signed to whoever they could have gotten with a pulse to a one-year deal i i thought also they could have done better to just hold on to jared dudley's birth rights and i mean dudley that three for 30 from the suns he was way better last year than anybody that they signed dudley got shut down because he was actually helping the sun was win games too much he actually was still pretty good in the on off stuff he would have really helped them if he had stuck around as a backup stretch four option so uh, letting him go doesn't look too good so yeah f plus is probably it and yeah i realized that they had maybe the best season in franchise history since they won the championship but it wasn't because of what they did and now i mean imagine if they had at least some modicum of flexibility even to just use the full mid-level exception this year well or to, and have or something to have that they could have, have kept their first round pick i mean they had to remember they had to give up their first round pick and a big part of that was because their bench was a disaster and they wanted to get out of andrew nicholson's contract if they had kept that pick 
They also failed to extend Otto Porter, and mm-hmm. that probably needs to be counted. Although, as we've noted, David Falk, his approach is, uh, th- this was said to some acclaim in the last contract, max or nothing bitches, which by the way, we cannot put on a t-shirt. I mean, we could, but I don't want to put on a t-shirt because Chandler Parsons is the one who came up with that, not us. He said that to Mark Cuban and then uh, you know, ended up getting max elsewhere, but nothing from the Mavericks. So anyway, yeah, it just, but not extending him. Now they have to pay him the max. Maybe they it would have been possible possible to get him for a slight discount but as of that i still think they played that correctly though because porter really had not been like that amazing and you know, yeah if he had played if he had year, played actually. the if he hadn't taken a big step forward he wouldn't have gotten those kind of offers well probably not i mean this was very different than like harrison barnes because barnes got it yeah. in 2016 and then he would and then Otto would have been on the market this year yes and, and barnes is i think has been better than porter at, at nearly every step yeah i would agree well. with that too are we done here yeah i think so god that was another two hour and 30 minute podcast we're really like it's crazy people who are complaining about like okay we're not doing as many podcasts yeah that's true but we're probably giving you almost exactly the same amount of like actual time in podcasts because we're like ah oh, it's the off season like we don't and also this is like a very intensive podcast to do anytime you talk about all 30 teams like it's probably not possible to do that in less than two hours i'm finding wait wait so we can't do the 30 and 60s anymore <laughs> that was uh a noble idea <laughs> <laughs> when 15 and 60 ends up being two hours uh, at this point but yeah, i'm looking forward to doing those again it's been a while on, on that um all right don't forget about uh, our sponsors betterment betterment.com slash cap space is that url to get up to a year of no fees on lower cost automated investing we will be back on wednesday night talk to you all then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.